Hope I'm not interrupting. What does he want? It's not what I want. It's what I can give you. Look, let's be straight, okay? It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck up here to snatch a few purses. Am I right? You're very perceptive. I watch 60 Minutes. I say to myself, these guys are professional. They're motivated. They're happening, i.e., they want something, huh? Now, personally, I couldn't care less about your politics. I figure you're here to negotiate. Am I right? You're amazing. You figured this all out already. <laughs> hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? Let's put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green mail, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans. Bobby. I'm your white knight. I must have missed 60 minutes. Welcome, 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 and happy Christmas Eve. We are the podcast that does what it says in the tin. Ho, ho, ho. We're best film ever. We don't have a machine gun. My name's Ian. (laughs) I'm Liam. And I'm Georgia. Yeah, no, if you're doing that, I also don't have a machine gun. We are gunless. I do have two pistols. For for a podcast that talks about having bullets in the chamber, we have no guns. Yeah, (laughs) I might have one taped to my back. (laughs) There we go. So, uh, really, so a bit of a tradition, I guess, to have an episode to drop on Christmas Eve. Um, we're recording this literally the day after we recorded Love Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because uh, we had plans and the plans fell through. Yeah. And so we found ourselves with some time and went, let's go ahead and do it. So, And we need to see Alan Rickman get his comeuppance. Yeah. So, so there was a chance um, for, we did put a request out for people to put in Christmas messages and it was very short and we totally got it so if you were someone who wanted to do that uh if they if they do it a little bit later i might find a way to work them into the broadcast somehow somewhere but outside of that uh merry christmas and thank you wherever you guys are i hope you're relaxing and having fun just like i'm sure we will be i thought you were going to go into the will smith rap then of um fresh prince and he said, this is a story all about <laughs> What do you say, and relaxing? Oh, relaxing, all cool, and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys, they were up to no good. They started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight, and my mom got scared. She said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. That's what it sounded like. That's what I'm Name another podcast that will do that. Oh, I, what, the, for the Fresh Friends? I think it's a few. But just a few. went on a Die Hard episode. Yeah, there we go. We are here for episode 102, Die Hard. It is a Christmas Eve movie. It is. So it there is. we go. Um, we haven't had a whole week, but we still continue to set records on our best seven and thirty-one days. So thank you very much, everybody out there. Yeah, um, thank you. That's, in- that's incredible. Charting all the usual places again. So thank you again. We'll we'll we'll, we'll do the full thing. A bit truncated today, in the sense that we haven't had a whole week. So we're still charting in the same place as we were yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Feels a bit weird. Literally yesterday. We'll pick that up next episode. Yeah. So all the promos from yesterday, they still tie up to. And listen for a very special announcement at the end of the episode. Regardless next week's title yeah very exciting folks yeah so uh i i I wish ethan was here i can't afford to wait two weeks so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna push some buttons if that's okay yeah go for it so i'm gonna start off by pushing this one here there's a mistake i think i made we were talking about all the stuff that richard curtis wrote we did, yeah. Last week slash yesterday. <laughs> and he went, 
well, didn't he write the thick of it? And we're like, that doesn't feel right. Mm. The tone of the thick of it feels angry I, and filthy and not in line with we, Love Actually yeah, yeah, yeah. and Richard Curtis. Thick of It's a British television comedy series satirizes the inner workings of British government written and directed by Armando Iannucci. Ah, uh, yes, I must have known, because I met him. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, really? Not yes. Richard Curtis, though. No, no, not Richard Curtis. <laughs> um, one for me, I don't know if it's a mistake, but it's a clarification. But I don't have a, this is a clarification I think I need to make. <laughs> uh, we were talking about which song did Big Bird sing at the funeral. My first impulse was correct. It's not easy, easy being green. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of course it of it's course this lovely, it was, it's it, was this too, it was too Jim it's Henson. It's sad, and yeah. it's this lovely, hopeful bit at the end about all the good things Green Hip can in. be. And plus, he was the voice and puppet of Kermit, wasn't he? Jim Henson was, yeah. 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 So of, of Kermit, yes. So and that's, it was Carol Spinney that did the song. Yeah, Carol Spinney did the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Grouch and the Big Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then I caught this only when I edited it. We were talking about how good the soundtrack was. If someone could message Ethan, I'd be very curious if he can give us this. We are talking about the soundtrack, and he goes... The songs and the stuff. This one, anyway. Yeah, and the Beatles. And I'm what? I didn't think of enough then. So my question for Ethan is: What Beatles song did he think appeared on the Love Actually soundtrack? I think he's mistaking "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys as a Beatles track. I think he absolutely is. Yeah. yeah so that's my question for Ethan because there's a mistake. I think I made. That's really about it. As yeah. we sit here a day after, I mean, by this point, the, the, your, your, your game will have been decided, but you actually are in a bit of a nail-biter in fantasy football. Did that, am, hang yeah. on, did that not... What? Uh, did, um, Whoa, what? hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> what are we stopping the pod for? <laughs> Just thinking, Love Actually, um, yeah. there was that Beatles song they sung, wasn't it? But it wasn't... Oh, uh, all you need is love. On, oh, maybe, maybe that's what he it? means. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still think he's mistaken God yeah. on the nose. He says, yeah, oh, yeah. Christ... Is the current update? So I think he's thinking. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, I think probably did think that the the Beach Boys. Will he tell us uh, the truth? That one, the guy sings in the wedding. Oh, you got oh, it. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't right. Beatles, was it? So it's no, it was Beatles. It was, it was Beatles. It was Beatles. So I will reassign this There's to me. A So there we go. Yeah. Um, Georgia, you're sort of back in your fantasy football matchup, although by the time this airs, yeah, I we'll mean, actually be like another week gone. So you could have been knocked out for seven, eight days by the time this launches. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it was looking like it was like eighty five fifteen and yeah. then I had one of those in a different league, in the post wrestling league. I went to bed thinking, oh, I'm out of it, and I'm up like 60-40 now. Wow. It's, I'm not uh, up, it's 39-61. Tom, Tom Brady laid an absolute egg. Oh. An absolute egg. The Tampa Bay sucked. <laughs> and I'm like, great, because I don't have any Tampa Bay players. So Kyler I, Murray was Kyler Murray and not Kyler fucking Murray. If you saw what Tom Brady put up yesterday, Tyler, Kyler Murray was three times the player Tom Brady was. Really? Yeah, yeah Tom Brady did not fair, do well. Patrick Mahomes did amazing. He got, got me 30 points. So, so yeah. there we go. Um, usual sort of stuff. Leave us a review if you're so... If you want to leave us a Christmas gift, an Apple uh, review or a Spotify review with five yeah. lovely stars... Instead of five gold rings. Instead of five golden rings, five lovely stars. That would be lovely. Five. They're named. Is the magic number. <laughs> um, so uh, let's do uh, Die Hard. And why are we doing Die Hard? Well, first off, it's the whole Die Hard of Christmas movie. But we have a tradition here. We do? Yeah. Liam, you've been coming around my place for a few years now, and we yeah. always watch a Die Hard film. We're, we're breaking it this year. About four or five years? Four years. Four years. Because we're four Die Hards in. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not watching anymore. No, 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 no. We watched Lethal a bad weapons? one last year. I just got depressed. <laughs> we can do Lethal Weapon. 
We do. I'll probably call it lethal weapon. Yep. 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 Sounds good. Richard Donner. Let's do that. Yeah. But uh, we, we do Die Hard. So, um, kind of weird. We haven't done it yet. We've done Die Hard three, and we don't have to do these in sequence necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. But looking back, I maybe would have done them in sequence now if I had to think about it again. Yeah, but there's a reason why you picked the, the third one. It was an anniversary. It was, it was 25th or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's that. I mean, and that's a standalone movie itself. Really. It is. I mean, they really are. You I mean, each, each one of these films is really a standalone film because yeah. they're all based <laughs> off different source material. Yeah, yeah. So such is on that. So um, let's talk about the film a little bit, shall we? Uh, directed by John McTiernan, who's also done, besides Die Hard 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't do two, though, interesting enough. I'll explain. Uh, did did I had number two actually? I two, like I like the first three in general. Yeah, yeah. two is the weakest out of the three, though. Yes, yes, but but that's not a bad thing. Oh no, 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 no. 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 Still like, got fond fondness for it. Yeah, I want to go skidooing by an airport. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, directed by John McTiernan. Let me see that already. Uh, from he's done Predator. Hunt for Red October, Die Hard Three, The Thirteenth Warrior, and the Thomas Crown Affair. The new Ooh, one. Oh, I like the new one. Oh, the new one? Yeah, the new S- Thomas Crown. It's a sexy film. It is. Yep. Rene Russo. Rene Russo. Yeah. Yep. Um, I also like the original there as well. Cinematography by Jan de Bont, uh, who is Ooh. cinematographer on Jewel of the Nile, Lethal Weapon 3, Basic Instinct, and he directed Twister. Ah, I was going to say as a name I, I recognize. Yeah. Maybe there's one other film he's done. Ooh. We'll talk about it. Uh, music by Michael Kamen, who did, amongst other things, Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> Lethal Weapon, Licensed to Kill, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, mm. and X Men, the nineteen ninety nine one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Stewart one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this has got a bit of a history to it. Development of Die Hard began in nineteen eighty seven when screenwriter Jeb Stewart was in dire financial straits. Uh, he had a script that had previously been purchased by Columbia Pictures, which was abandoned, and his contract at Walt Disney was not providing him with enough cash. Uh, he had six weeks be- between contracted work, so his agent contacted the head of development uh, at the Gordon Company, which is a producing arm of 20th Century Fox. He was asked to work on an adaptation of a 1978 novel, Nothing Lasts Forever, written by former police officer Roderick Thorpe. Thorpe had been inspired to write it based by a dream he had in which assailants chase a man through a building. After watching the 1974 disaster film The Tower and Inferno, he adapted the book's 1966 predecessor, The Detective, for the 1968 film Tower and Inferno, starring Frank Sinatra as a... Sorry, that's not true. No, Frank Sinatra... No, the Detective. Was, was in The, the Detective. detective yeah. uh, for the 1968 film of The Detective, starring Frank Sinatra as NYPD Detective Joe Leland, and had purchased the sequel rights to any other work coming forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sinatra's kind of got some skin in the game here. Do you know, it's actually not a bad movie. But The Detective? Yeah, yeah. I have not seen it. This seems to be the ilk for things like this. You've, you you know about these older movies. Well, yeah, I can't tell you the ins and outs of the movie because I only see it once. Yeah. I was probably about 15, 16. Okay. Um, I knew that that was um, early beginnings of Die Hard. Yep. The same character, uh, based off that character. Yeah. And he knew he was in the running for um, Die Hard. Okay. Uh, but he was too old. So Jeb Stewart was given creative freedom <laughs> as long as he retained two key ideas. Christmas and Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, the concept he considered would provide an interesting aesthetic. Uh, the film was pitched as a Rambo in an office building. <laughs> and so producers Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver hired director John McTiernan because they'd worked together on Predator. Yeah. So the Rambo-esque kind of element, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, McTiernan agreed to direct on the condition the film would have some joy in it and not mean nasty acts as seen in other terrorist films. 
You can there's s- some joy in this. There's still oh, some there mean, is. nasty acts. There is. There's some humour to this, but, yeah. yeah. The humor, I mean, Even amongst the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's some lovely humour, yeah. Uh, Stewart began working 18-hour days at his office at Walt Disney Studios, which left him exhausted and on edge, and he had an argument with his wife, after which he went for a drive, saw a box in his lane. Unable to avoid it, he was forced to drive over it and was freaking out about what it might be. It turned out it was empty. He then pulled over to the side of the freeway, his heart pounding, and came up with a central theme about a man who should have apologized to his wife before a catastrophe happens. He returned home to reconcile with his wife. Good good first step. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And then wrote 35 pages. <laughs> uh, to shape the McLean's relationship, he drew upon marital problems of his peers, including divorces and spouses returning to their maiden names and the effect it had on the men. It does. It, oh, yeah, yeah. It does have an effect. Been here, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying to work on something, and then the, the, the maiden name pops up. Like, uh, uh, should, we, should we talk? <laughs> yeah. That feels a bit significant. It is a very significant thing. <laughs> Uh, John McClane was initially named John Ford, but 20th Century Fox felt, well, maybe we shouldn't do it, not because of... Uh, Ford Company. Not because of the Ford Motor Company, because there was a director who had died who had the same name. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So Stewart chose McLean as a good Scottish name based on his own Celtic heritage. Described him probably best as a flawed hero who learned a lesson uh, in the worst possible situation to become a better person, but not a different person. Yeah. And that's always the first three movies. John McClane feels like that. There's yeah. a there's a few characters in different movies. I won't mention them because they're films I'd like to do later on the podcast, um, where they do the same thing. So you think we're going to have you back, do? You? Well, well, in the new Are you going to pass the interview? We'll uh, see. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> we're we're, we're, this, we're reformatting for 2022. Could this podcast survive without me? You know, the person that does nothing. <laughs> Turns up late, falls asleep in the movie. I'm not sure you can survive without well, me. Well, I'm just saying. self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> the AI is becoming sentient. You get upset sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. So do you. We're all, we're, we're all emotional people. How we we've are. lasted this long is insane. I don't know how we're still friends. We're all very emotional. If, if you kill the power bar on this. <laughs> we were trying to record with... Uh, Danny and Drew from It's a Musical, and I think that, that that should be... No, it won't be out yet. It'll be out coming out, but we you'll hear them when that drops, that we had to restart the podcast after about 45, 45 minutes, minutes of recording, close to an hour. <laughs> we were already on the audience countdown. I won't I was mention like, who, who... We're not. Know, we're not. I wanna, see, I wouldn't... <laughs> you see, I would have dropped Georgia in there like that. <laughs> oh, yes, you absolutely would have. <laughs> um, Georgia. <laughs> so... It was an accident. The we thought know. was that by, uh, oh, so, sorry, Stewart had no experience writing action films, so he drew on his experience writing thrillers, focusing on making the audience care about McLean, Holly, and their reconciliation. And you know what? Totally nails it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, see, I, I saw Die Hard 3 first. So my, Did my, you? Yes, my inclination towards, that's why when I say, like, it's a standalone, to, like, I was not in the dark at all. Oh, okay. So John McLean's fighting with his wife. All right, big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to know who she is because we don't see her in the movie anyway. Nope. But for number one, I was like, oh, I was really surprised how much I cared about Holly. Mm-hmm. Number two, very much so as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, Stewart pitched the story to his executives, and Gordon interrupted him and told him, just complete a draft, and left the meeting. <laughs> so he finished his first draft just under six weeks later. 
Um, Stuart was also a fan of uh, the Western film actor John Wayne, and that inspired him to carry a Western theme throughout the script, including cowboy lingo. Uh, he befriended a superintendent at the under-construction Fox Plaza in Los Angeles, allowing him to gain access to the building to figure out kind of how you could lay out the characters and the scenes by going to different places in the building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he delivered the finished screenplay in June 1987. It was greenlit the next day. Wow. Mainly because 20th Century Fox needed something for the following summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, then it was given to a guy called Stephen E. D'Souza to rewrite the script because they thought it wasn't funny enough yet. And they came up with a really interesting concept. It's this guy who goes, it's not in many ways John McClane's story. In many ways, it's Hans Gruber's story. Mm -hmm. And he said, what if you wrote it from that perspective? Because he's the one who's planning the robbery. If he doesn't do this, McClane doesn't reconcile with his wife. Very true. So he said, you know, you should have someone thinking about looking at movies to the point of view of the villain driving the narrative. And so that kind of, I think, comes out in the final product. And just the last little bits before we dive in here. Originally, Die Hard was supposed to take place over three days. Oh, okay. This but, is all in sort of one night, really. But the director, John McTiernan, yeah. said it should take place this single night. And I kid you not, we compared last week, Love Actually to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. This week, it was inspired to have it take place over a single night like Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> 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 Lord, what fools these Germans be. <laughs> he didn't want to use terrorists as the villains. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that coming down later. And then while making this film, the cinematographer Jan de Bont got trapped in an elevator or a lift, depending on where you live. Oof. This gave him the idea for the opening scene of a film he directed called Speed. Ah, there we go. That's where you've seen Yonder Bonds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that's about it. So the deep dive, the plane touches down and we meet John McClane played by Bruce Willis. Georgia, face blindness check. Do you know Bruce Willis from anything else? Only Die Hard. Really? And Die Hard 2 and Die Hard 3. He, uh, was a, he was a big TV. Armageddon? Armageddon, Not yeah. seen Armageddon. Oh, really? Uh, I'm trying to think of what else he's Went seen. on the ride experience Six, in Disney. Sixth Sense? Yes. Not seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbreakable. Not seen it. Um, well, he kind of does a lot of B movie ish stuff. Now like he was he was, did a lot of action stuff. He did like you wouldn't remember this Bonfire of the Vanities. Oh, that's a terrible film. <laughs> yeah, that's Death, a dreadful film. Death becomes her. Death becomes her. Yeah, great wow. little movie. That's a nice cult movie. Yeah, I don't like that one. I love it. It's a bit weird. It's it a bit is, weird. It is weird. It is weird. Um, I'm just trying oh, to think anything Hudson else. Hawk. Uh, oh, you don't know. That's a good little movie. Uh, yeah, there's things like, oh, what was Red? You ever see Red? Oh, yes. They, Red. Sh- they shot part of Red in the Toronto Library, uh, the Toronto, Ar- oh, Toronto, Ar- what's it called? The Toronto something reference library. That's a great I was movie. sitting there watching it at home going, that's the Toronto reference library. The girl was sitting at the time was like, no, no, no I don't know. I'm sure it was liabilities. No, 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 that's the Toronto reference library. I spent like hundreds of hours there. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. And looked it up and sure enough, I was right. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Oh, he's in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. He is. Yeah. So there we go. Striking distance. You, we'll we'll see how many more things we've got coming up with, with, with him, because that would be that. So he's I've also, seen none of those. At the time, he's in a, a TV series called Moonlighting. Exactly. Indeed, he was. Yeah. So as Die Hard was based on a novel sequel to the detective film, the studio had to contractually, uh, were contractually obligated to offer the role to Frank Sinatra. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Sinatra was 70. <laughs> oh, no way but they had to actually offer and go here's what we're gonna have to ask you to do and he went yeah i'm good yeah yeah uh the role was then offered to like a ton of people Loads. who you would think yeah, yeah so like sylvester stallone yeah richard gear 
I wouldn't mind Richard Gere, to be fair. I wouldn't mind seeing something gritty like this. Yeah. yeah. Who is Richard Gere? I know the name. He's a woman. Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Thingy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Hunt. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Clint Eastwood. A bit old. I like Clint Eastwood, and if that had been 10 years younger at that time, yep. I could see it. There is something later on, I believe, about Clint Eastwood having a, a shot at it, but couldn't have done it. Like, again, if it was earlier, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford. Ooh. So I think you could have done this. Yeah. He's in, he's in Star Wars. Star Wars. And Blade Runner. Indiana Jones. Jones? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, Burt Reynolds. Yes. It would have been a little hokey, I think. But I'd have been, yeah. It'd have been tongue in cheek. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nolte. Nah, he went. Wouldn't have been hokey enough. Yeah, he's too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mel Gibson. Yes. Too short. Well, Willis isn't a big guy, is again, he? Again, in Lethal Weapon, just to basically. Which same, one came first? Same sort of format. Let's come it? first. <sighs> it's, it's, ba- it's basically them going. Well, think about it. White, I th- I think white came, cop, white young white cop, older black cop, family man. Yeah, I think this came first. Just, yeah, just. I'd imagine he missed out on one and got the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I imagine he, he would have. It's their he, studios. If he hadn't done Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, he could have done. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, this one was first 88 and Lethal Weapon was 1989. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don Johnson? Yes. Don't know him well enough. Well, he's Miami Vice, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Richard Dean Anderson? Don't know who that is. No, me either. Paul Newman? Wow. Again, I don't think he'd been, he'd been too old. Too old. James Caan? Mm, I'm James Caan, but slightly I, too I don't old. think he's a lead. Is he he's, this kind of leading man? No, he's a support, really. And finally... <laughs> It's got a great cast. <laughs> Al Pacino. No, 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 no. Upside down Nick Cage. <laughs> Upside down Nick Cage. Yeah. Can you imagine him acting opposite a grouper? Hans Gruber. <laughs> that bit where the end is like, Hans. <laughs> I just need a friend. <laughs> With a big ass. <laughs> so um, it was also... Uh, you know, the prevailing action archetype of this era was like a muscle-bound, invincible macho man, like 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the fact they went for an all, like, uh, normal guy. Schwarzenegger was also offered the role and turned it down to star in another movie. Want to guess? Um, he wanted comedy. Twins. Twins is what he did rather than <laughs> die hard. <laughs> to be fair, I'm glad he did twins. Oh, because some range, I guess. I don't want him to. Have I don't know die hard. if he if he's a diehard. It's just another Arnold movie, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong, and it wouldn't have been as good. No. The, he's not a good actor. Because say what you want about Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis do convey a lot of emotions yeah. through this film. Willis was known mainly for his comedic role in the romantic comedy television series Moonlight, starring opposite Sybil Shepherd. Very good. He declined the role because he was too contractually obligated. But then when Shepherd became pregnant. The production schedule was sort of sh- uh, sort of put to the side for 11 weeks, which gave him enough time to take the role. And then there were times he was doing both, but there was times he was doing it by himself. I'm a big fan of Moonlighting. See, I've never seen it. Well, the first few series I really like because he's always chasing Sybil Shepherd, And then when they finally get together... That's the problem. What happens when they get together? It goes downhill. Yeah. It goes downhill so quick. But there's, a, there's an episode that must have crossed over when they did Die Hard because there's a poster... Of Die Hard. Oh, is there really? In his right? bedroom? In, no, no, no. no. Oh. He, he's on this, like, undercover um, mission, and he's got um, this coat sort of pulled up, and you can just barely see his face. He's got a hat on, and he walks by a video shop, and, and he's standing there looking around, and behind him is a poster, nice. Die Hard, with his face on it. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, like, that, that's, that's, I mean, because of stuff like that is why they try and keep Ross and Rachel apart for, like, 10 years on Friends. And yeah, you have like to, because the, the, the whole part of it. The chase. The, the, yeah, yeah, chase. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
once they're together, you've probably got to like see one of the few ones to do and actually do okay with it was uh, Jim and Pam. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine's done quite well as well. See, I, I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah, they've done, I need to get back on done, that. They've done quite well. Um, so McTiernan's girlfriend at a chance meeting with representative Cinema Score and asked them to analyze. I guess it was very early metrics. What will change if Bruce Willis is the star? They did some analysis and said no negative impact. So two weeks later, he was hired. But oh, the weird you. thing is, when they first, because I'm a big Die Hard fan, so yep. I, I know a lot of stuff. Well, I think I do. I could be corrected. I'm only going by memory here. Um, but they never put his face on the posters. Not at the start. start. Not at the start. You're right. Because they didn't have that much faith. There was in no him. faith. They went lead with the building. Yeah. And the explosion, whatever it was. But then later, when it was doing well, they went, okay, he's a star now. Yeah, yeah, Marketing. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there was some. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, I can't think of the word. The word, you know, like um, TV stars and movie stars were two different things. They were separate. I'm sorry. Yeah. So there was a stigma when TV stigma. stars would That's come over and do, yeah, yeah, and do yeah, films. Yeah. So, um, for instance, like Bill Cosby tried. Yeah. Leonard Part Six. Uh, Shelley Long. Yes. Shelley Long. Uh, True Beverly Hills and all that sort of like didn't yeah. take. Yeah, Money yeah, pet, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just yeah, people yeah, yeah. weren't willing to accept them. Um, but like films like Ghostbusters showed it kind of was possible. Mm. Bill, Bill Murray, of course, Dan Aykroyd, these were all SNL people, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Different kind of ilk TV show, though, wasn't it? Different, yeah. Not, not a sitcom. Different no. than Kettle Fish there. Yeah. Willis received, want to guess, 1987. How much money is he making for this? Uh, two hundred thousand. Yeah, that was my guess. Okay, uh, I'm going to say less than one hundred fifty thousand. Okay, you're a little low. Five million dollars. Oh, okay. which was like a list money. That's a wow. same sort of money that like Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty, Robert Redford were getting. He justified by saying uh, that the, uh, the president of 20th Century Fox said, um, "We need an actor of Willis's potential." So he made out like a bandit, make me into a movie star and pay me five mil in 1987. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, And made movies out of it. He was in a film called Bandits. Yes, he (laughs) was. With, 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 um, what's his name? Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Uh, And uh, so that the key thing about Bruce Willis was he had an everyman persona, which was ideal because it it convinced everybody he could fail. Arnold, you're like, he's going to win. Look at him. I mean, look at that fight scene with um, Carl. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you never know, do you? Uh, other Fox sources were reported to say in the studio was desperate for a star after being turned out by some money that they overpaid. Willis said they paid me what they thought I was worth for the film and for them. Well, that's what I'd say, too, if someone paid me $5 million. <laughs> uh, He described the character as unlike the larger-than-life characters portrayed by Stallone or Schwarzenegger, who are two kind of archetypal guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And said, even though he's a hero, he's just a regular guy. He's an ordinary guy in extraordinary circumstances. And he drew upon his working class upbringing in South Jersey for the character, including, quote, that attitude and disrespect for authority, that gallow sense of humor, the reluctant hero. So didn't sound too reluctant with his scheduling, though, because when Moonlighting finally did pick back up, um, he was working hard. He would do 10 hours on Moonlighting, and then he would do Die Hard at Night. Wow. That's why wow. most of Die Hard shot at night. A bit like um, Marty in Back to the uh, Future, Back to the Future yeah, yeah, with uh, Mike J. Fox. Indeed. Um, so this forced also the writer, the rewriter, Stephen E. D'Souza, to beef up the roles of other characters. So all these little side plots that pop up are really because we need to have someone else to get to, 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 to do some shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why you get Al Powell, uh, Argyle, and Richard Thornburg giving them a bit more personality and screen time. 
I like Argyle. Which is much better for it. Absolutely. And I like Alpal, yeah. Yeah, it's great, great characters. I don't remember who Richard Thornburg is, do you? Richard Thornburg is Was the... he the news guy? Uh, yes. Yeah? Okay. Um, McLean's character was not fully realized until almost halfway through production. McTiernan and Willis determined McLean is a man who does not like himself much, but is doing the best he can. Mm. Irony, German terrorists... Bruce Willis was born in West Germany yeah, <laughs> to an American father and a German mother. Strange, isn't it? And he's on the plane. This is all John. John McClane's on the plane. <laughs> John McClane on the and plane. And some random yuppie is like, you don't like flying, huh? What you need? And they kind of close up of the, of, of the wedding ring. It's the fur. Before we even see Bruce Willis's face, we get the idea that he's married. A lot of this pays off later. When they do yeah. stuff, they, it pays off later. Pays off much later. Yeah, yeah. And so it goes ahead and it put, and it goes, what you want to do is you want to walk around barefoot and make fists with your toes. Because <laughs> what was that supposed to do? Ground him after he's been on a flight. Ground him. So they just bring him back? Yeah, so you don't feel funny. Oh, okay. Because you feel sick, don't you? You kind of feel a bit woo. After you land? Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. But like oh. some people can feel oh, really? like, yeah. okay. you know, like if you get off a boat like like, and your legs are a bit wobbly. And he's walking around with this oversized bear, which I guess is supposed to be given to his kids, mm-hmm. to his daughter. Yeah. Do you have two kids or one kid? Two. two. Okay, because the one's all that we really ever see. Boy and a girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the boy's name, John, as well. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Uh, we go to the party now. It's Christmas at the Nakatomi Plaza. The p- party's in full swing. Harry is hitting on Bonnie. Bonnie is still working on christmas eve she is she's a trooper harder she, harder worker than me hard worker yeah she's when it's time for the christmas party i'm done that's why she's got the big office that's why she's number two in command isn't it yeah it is I thought her name was holly oh it, it is. is holly sorry her real name is bonnie okay thank you yeah holly um bonnie Bedelia. lucy mclean is uh well ho- holly phones lucy the daughter and wants to and she was she wants to know um what are you what's, what's daddy doing is daddy coming home and uh, we'll, we'll see what Santa and Mommy figure she out. She doesn't really know, does she? Yeah, and then she talks to the maid and it's like, uh, maid, housekeeper, babysitter, childcare, whatever it is, mm-hmm. au pair, and says, uh, hey, is John rang? And we go, no, but she goes, hey, has the spare bedroom been made up? And you, I like this. I think you need this. John's not trying to, he's not like a fruitless attempt to win her back. She wants to be won back, I think. Mm-hmm. She you, misses him. You can see that look on her face when she sees him. Yeah, it's it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, we meet Argyle then driving a limo. Uh, he's sorry, he picks up John at the airport. He goes, "Why is there a car sent for John? Do we ever figure this out?" It's yeah, sent by, by Tommy. Yeah, Tataki, uh, the the to guy who runs it. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he says, says later. He, he says him. when John arrives, he says, Am I, "I guess it's you. You have to thank for the car or something like that." Oh, okay. And he says, "Yeah." So he goes first time. Uh, he says, "I don't really know what to do. It's my first time driving a limo." And he goes, and he's a kid, right? I like driving. He was he's a great, cabbie yeah. driver, wasn't he? To yeah. Start with. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, it's okay. It's my first time riding a limo. And then we cut, and he's in the front seat with him. <laughs> like John's not one for these elevated social graces. No, no. Uh, and so we find out through our guy, which is a great way of doing it. He's the guy who's just a little bit too persistent, but this is great for me because I get to learn everything. Yeah. So Holly's been in California for six months. John's been in New York City. And um, Argyle's kind of giving him a hard time. But, oh, come on. Yeah. And why is this? Why are you letting her? Um, Argyle then says, I'll play some Christmas music. And he plays Christmas and Hollis. Anybody know who it's by? No. No. Run DMC. I was going to say Run DMC. God damn it. You should have. Oh, I should have done. I was going to say, I've been listening to Run DMC earlier. You know what they say about this podcast thing? Go on. It's tricky. <laughs> tricky, tricky, tricky. 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 <laughs> um, and then he says, and he's really cool, actually. He's like, you go ahead and try and win your, win your, win your wife back. 
I'm going to wait in the, in the in the garage. And I'll tell you what, he's dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he is. Um, and then we Especially go- on Christmas Eve, you'd want yep. to get off the job, wouldn't yep. you? Then we go to the plaza, and uh, John's having to use a touchscreen to find Holly's whereabouts. And this is where we find out Holly's reverted to her maiden name, because he can't find a Holly McLean, no, but Holly- he can find a Holly Gennaro. At which point he goes, oh, oh, and so he punches the name in, and says Gennaro, and it's like 30th floor. And the guard's like, yeah, they're the only ones here tonight. So if you go, so why do you make him go through the bother yeah. and punch it in? <laughs> Who are you after? Well, off Holly. Where does she work? Uh, okay, great. They have their Christmas party. Yep, you go. Yeah. No, use this machine. Funny. Oh, also, because we don't even need that to know that she's Gennaro because it's got Gennaro on her door. I so. know, but they want you to have that moment of... We need to see him reacting to her yeah. changing her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we meet T- Takagi. And Takagi was... Well, I'll tell you who wanted to play this was George Takei. Was he? From um, yeah, yeah, Star Trek. Star Trek as well as he's very present on social media. No. No. But you probably know him if you saw him, I probably. think. Probably. Well, maybe. He, he's on Big Bang Theory a lot. He comes on and goes, oh, my. No, no? I've not okay. seen it in a while. Anybody out there, give me some props on that. That was a good George Takei impression. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the guy looked familiar to me, though. He wanted to play Takagi. McTiernan wanted Takei to play Takagi. Yeah. But Takagi's, sorry, but George Takei's agent got things mixed up. Oh. And George Takei was not happy. <laughs> Especially when you think of how big who, this film came. The guy who played him was all right, but this could have been something for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I hate to say it, I mean, like, you know, at this time, you know, there were the same actors who seemed to pop up in these roles for people of different cultures and communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So George Takei could have been one of those guys. If you need an older gentleman from Northern Asia, yep. here, here you go, yep. George, George Takei. Uh, we then uh, get to the party, and Takagi introduces himself to John and takes John to Holly's office, where Holly, sorry, where John meets Harry. Ugh. And Harry's just. Oh, Brochner. Yeah. He's just sniffed a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> and John's like, you missed some. I like, I like how he sort of wipes it with his hand as well. Oh, and, and, and do you know what? I just want, I just want to get some rockets. <laughs> That's the part Al Pacino should have played. Al Pacino is this guy? Yeah. Al, you know what it is? Al Pacino as John McClane. And give me a young Nicolas Cage as this guy. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell Do you know what blew my mind, though, right? I said to you this during the film, is in Supergirl, Hart Brochner yeah. is, plays like the, the heartthrob in um, Supergirl that Supergirl falls for. And um, I can't remember anything else he was in other than Die so Hard. So these that. two things, just so two polar things, opposite. Right? But they're so two different characters. So that blew my mind, because I've, I've got a love for Supergirl. And um, yeah, it blew my mind when I realised that same guy. Um, and then in walks Holly, played by Bonnie Bedilla. Bedilla. Bonnie Bedelia. Bedelia. Yeah. Very good. Interesting fact. Was she a big Delia? She was. <laughs> I, I, I share a birthday with her. Okay. So, which is, which is always quite nice because, you know, people say, who do you share birthdays with? Oh, mine's pretty good. Yeah, well, I could lead with Elton John and stuff like that, but I don't. I always go Bonnie Bedelia. And they like go, Elton John, really? Yeah. And I go Bonnie Bedelia and they go, who? I'm, you know, I got the wife Wo- of John McLean. I got Woody Harrelson. Oh, that's good. I got Daniel Radcliffe. Woo. And I got Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I have Jim Lover, Lovell, Lovell. Guy who the astronaut? The, the astronaut. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got Prince George, so you know. Wow, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, I'm a, big, Gomez. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of all Prince George's work. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you reckon if he did do the work, he would uh, command a princely sum? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> um, Harley, uh, the first choice for Harley was actually another television actress from she- another sitcom. Shelley Long. No, but you have the right TV show. Kirstie Alley? Yeah. Kirstie Alley was considered for the role of Harley Gennaro McLean, but the producer of Cheers, James Burroughs, wouldn't let her take the role. Wow. The following year, they, Bruce Willis and Kirstie Alley would star. In a, in look who's talking. Look who's talking. Yeah. Not nearly the same quality of film. But he was only the voice. Which one's Kirstie Alley? You haven't met Kirstie Alley yet. Okay. Yeah. If, if, if you don't know, she you would was, know. She was okay. a big star. Like, to take over Cheers, She's massive. such a big She's show massive. at the time. Yep. You know, and that became better, I think, with Kirstie well, Alley. Well, but we'll try to avoid anything there or someone who hasn't seen it for the first time. Yet. Okay, yeah, but I'm not giving anything away. I'm just saying <laughs> it gets better. So uh, Bedelia was cast as Bruce Willis's suggestion after he saw him in the 1983 biographical film, Heart Like a Wheel. Not seen it. Me either, but he gave the shot, and then all of a sudden she's in there. And, and like, Harry's, like, not caring at all. I don't know if it's the cocaine or if he's, like, this yuppie schmuck. Yeah. But he's like, he's like New York cop. Go what on. The fuck? Go on. Show her. Show him the watch. Show it's a Rolex. He's oh, he's so which is a symbol of her like corporate success. Yeah, and And, but maybe the 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 the, I don't know where the film lands on this, but the prioritization of career over family, maybe. Yeah, I don't think it gives us a winner or a loser, but it has that conversation. It does. Um, and then because we did find out she's not gonna be home till after the kids are in bed, but it's also the Christmas Ooh. party. But why is your Christmas party on Christmas Eve? Yeah. What's that about? I know. Um, Harry was supposed to play it straighter, really, in this, but his over-the-top delivery, McTiernan didn't like it, but it popped the producers, oh, and okay. so they kept it in. I think it's brilliant. It, yeah, because it makes him more slimy. Absolutely, and memorable. It's a shame he didn't get to do more. Yeah, this. yeah. Um, Holly invites John to stay. Uh, at the house and says, i got a spare room. You can tell the look on her face in this that and she really she goes, does want him to She stay. goes, I'm sure the kids would like you there. And then she catches herself. And I like this. And yeah. she goes, and I would too. Yeah. And that's nice. And then they leave him alone. And then um, they start fighting moments later. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just... And it felt like a real fight. And yeah. she, she's sort of like talking like louder and, than him. But he's just kind of like low. He just won't stop talking. But it's but it's all like down here. He's pushing all the right buttons. Well, wrong buttons, really. But he's pushing... They know it, don't they? And then as soon as yeah. she leaves, he's like, why do you have to do this? Why do you always got to do this? Great start, John. <laughs> yeah. And I like the idea that John talks to himself throughout the movie. Yeah. Like he's always criticizing himself for sort of, you know, doing it. I love it. his own commentary track. I like it. It's great. We, we as people, we all do it ourselves. Sure. So and we what, can relate. And it's important you establish this before things go badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the Nakatomi Plaza for a minute. We did say earlier it was the 20th Century Fox uh, headquarters. Uh, the company actually charged rent to itself. <laughs> for the use of the unfinished building a, a tax thing do you think maybe yeah <laughs> and then a courier van pulls up and we saw when we did uh die hard with a vengeance it was atlantic courier it was this one said pacific courier it did and we know it's up to no good because there's a minor keo come all ye faithful in the background it is <laughs> and that works it works it was just a really haunting thing it is and then i don't know who the guy was who was their computer genius i'm calling him discount Dwayne wayne uh, did you ever see a different world? Was that a thing here? Different world, yeah. It was like a spin-off from the Cosby Show. 
And there was this lead character who had glasses with shades that like flipped up. So he had glasses here <laughs> and then shades up here. Yes. And this guy was like a poor man's version of that guy. His character name is Theo. Theo? Okay, yeah. great. So Theo uh, comes up as well uh, along with, I've called him Old Man Fabio. I guess that's supposed to be Carl. Yeah. yeah. Old man Fabio. <laughs> and Carl, yeah. yeah. And they shoot the guy behind the desk, and then a smoke puck followed by a gunshot takes out a second guard. And then we see the baddies get out of their vehicle, and we meet Harry, bad Harry, uh, from Love Actually. <laughs> we meet Hans Gruber. Huh? What a presence that guy's got when he walked through that door. Alan Rickman. And yeah, he, you can tell he's in charge. Can't you? Yeah. Uh, Rickman was already in his early 40s, sorry for the age game, as he made his screen debut as Hans Gruber. He was cast by Silver, who'd seen him perform in a Broadway version of Les Liaisons Dangereux. <laughs> Dangerous Liaisons. That, yeah, I was going to say. Which that. would later be totally destroyed for Cruel Intentions. Yes. It's just a retelling of that. Do you know what? I don't mind. I don't, I don't mind it, but it's the most yeah, 2000 yeah. thing yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was playing the villainous Vicomte de Vamont. Rickman almost passed up the role. Really? Yep. What a screen debut, though. He'd arrived in Hollywood only two days earlier and was appalled by the idea of his first role being the villain in an action film. He didn't want to be typecast. As it turns out, pretty accurate, because all he got offered after this were villain roles in action films. He's done some great stuff, though. Uh, yes, he has. He's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here he was in a... He was in some little thing. Some grumpy teacher. Yeah. Thing. yeah. I don't know what that yeah. was about. Like a real grounded like a story. Thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. There we go. Always. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about JKR. <laughs> Do we not? Okay. No. Uh, the, the, Is the, she a cursed child? We, we, we find out that Theo has locked out the elevators. And um, we can see that obviously there's a plan afoot. Not a good one. Uh, in an article for the 30th anniversary of Die Hard, Bonnie Bedelia says that the first thing she thinks of when someone mentions Die Hard is Alan Rickman. The two became friends and had lunch together every day while shooting the movie. She expressed how lovely and gentle Alan Rickman was in real life. You can actually see a bond there in between, because they spend a lot of time on screen together. Uh, not as much as you think. They're in the same space a lot, but they have a lot of lines together. But there's um, reactions to each other. And okay. I think, because... I mean, you, you, when you watch the film, you don't think, oh, they're in love with each other or they've got a friendship or anything. Yeah. But you can see there's a certain chemistry between them, which I think is good. Uh, back upstairs, John is barefoot in Holly's office and scrunching his toes and looking at pictures of his children from his wallet. He phones Argyle and the phone is cut off, which, we, of course, we had seen the baddies take mm-hmm. the phones out. John hears gunfire because the mercenaries are taking over. Uh, and they uh, disrupt a couple who are deep in carnal relations. First time you see a bit of booby. Boobs everywhere. Yeah, this was this is definitely in the 1980s. It is. Without question. Um, and so um, Harry is panicking because he's hanging out with uh, Takagi and uh, Holly. Uh, but John's exploring the building now. Mm-hmm. And I always forget how early his shoes are off. His shoes are off right from the start. Oh, right from the start, yeah. yeah. And then Han speaks, and he gets in front of this crowd of people he's holding hostage. He's like a preacher delivering a message. It is. He's it's got like his a sermon, book, isn't it? It's like biblical yeah. thing. And um, he sort of talks about the evils of the Nakatomi Corporation. Uh, and then he wants a word with Takagi, and he recites his CV, like, line for line. Clever. Yep. It's like entire history, yeah. It's so Takagi- calm and calculated, isn't it? Yep. And it's not really until he starts mentioning that he's a father of five, and he goes, okay, I'm here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he gives himself up. 
And the baddies, we see them loading missiles in boxes into the plaza through John's perspective. And um, Gruber wants codes from Takagi. And it turns out they want money, $640 million of it. And Takagi asks, what kind of terrorists are you? And he goes, who says we're terrorists? And um, basically they're mercenaries, not terrorists. Only a couple of the actors who played the German terrorists were actually German. <laughs> and only a couple more could speak broken German. They were cast more for their menacing appearances than their nationality. Nine of a 12 were over six feet tall. Wow. One of them looked like Huey Lewis from the news. You said that, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't see it. <laughs> I always thought it every time I watch it. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, they shoot Takagi. Because uh, they go three, two, one. You go, oh, no. And they shoot him. And you see it from John's perspective. And the, the blood just lands on the window. Oh. Yeah. Bit grim. Bit later on, though, right? You see blood on the floor where he landed. Yeah. You don't see no splatter effect over the carpet. But you see it on the window of the door. I hadn't even clocked that, yeah. I think he must have, they must have like left him on the floor for a bit or something. Oh, that's true, yeah. No, I mean, when that, when that split out of the back to hit the, the, yeah. the glass yeah, yeah. window, you'd have thought there'd been There'd have been some, but I don't think it would have been as much, no. Maybe um, they dragged him. So they... Hans wants to ask Theo, can you break the code? And he goes, oh, you didn't bring me along for my charming personality. I mean, some of these lines felt very 1980s action film. Um, It turns out six of the seven codes can be broken, but not the seventh. And the first one you need actual code for, and then after that, or the codes get you into the computer lock system or something. Something, And then it's just a drill. The seventh, you can drill through the rest, but you can't drill through the seventh. Yeah. That's what we're told. There's something, and he just goes, trust me. It's like, all right. all right. John gives himself a pep talk. <laughs> my, my highlights of this were, why the hell didn't you stop him, John? <laughs> because you'd be dead soon, asshole. <laughs> right. Uh, John then triggers a fire alarm very quickly, which is overridden. Uh, but we see him react to the trucks coming, and the trucks turn their lights off and go back. And that alerts Hans to go over someone else in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, the alarm... Uh, the alarm has been. Oh, they start talking to each other on the on the radio. He says, "Oh, the alarm has been cut off. Why don't you come down? I promise I won't hurt you." And then we hear the sound of a skill saw, and this is the first time where we have one of the Germans upstairs trying to take out John, and uh, John's got the gun to his head and he goes, "You won't shoot me." Oh yeah, why not? You're a policeman. There are rules for policemen. John just goes, "Yeah, that's what my captain keeps telling me." But he just fights him. He doesn't yeah. shoot him. Yeah. Uh, and they scuffle, and the German and John fall down the stairs, only for John to get up and the German to be conveniently dead. You hear his neck snap, though. Do you? Yeah. Well, it's some good foley, I guess. It's, bit, so it's convenient that... It's, it's a bit lucky, it, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it I is. I think he gets lucky a few times in this. I think, I think he, he kind of fell into it. I, th- I think in real life, you know, there is a little bit of luck to some things, isn't there? Oh, of course. You know, so I think you can forgive that. Okay, I will forgive that. i tell you what uh it's been quite a bit here and uh i think maybe we need to talk about i think i hear something at the door it's carol singers singers. (laughs) season's greetings from the recasted podcast i wanted to wish our good friends at the best film ever podcast a merry christmas happy holidays and the like may santa leave you bundles of listeners and stockings full of five-star reviews May the show be consumed by the masses like fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies and milk. And may the next 100 episodes exceed any and all expectations you have, leaving smiles on your faces and Ian feeling acknowledged. 
Brilliant. I love that for so many. I haven't listened to these. So basically, you know? no, I just basically put them together and just put a buffer on each side of it and went yeah, on my yeah. first reaction to be, so someone just starts swearing at me or something like that. I have no idea. <laughs> I guess I'll take it out in the edit. Uh, but no, so I, I didn't check that out. But l- even that nice little like Charlie Brown, like, you There's know, nice Christmas company. tree. Yeah. The production values in that are solid. Thank you to our friends yeah. of the Recasted Podcast. You guys do some good stuff and I have a good laugh looking at your two different lists. Uh, I also like your carol singers. Yeah, carol <laughs> singers. We might be hearing Kira Knightley introduce more carol singers throughout <laughs> the throughout the recording. That's brilliant. So uh, then we go and we've got uh, the elevator dings, and Hans is doing uh, a power play kind of speech to to everybody. And he's like, look, Takagi wouldn't give us the stuff. Now he's dead. But if you listen to me and then we get ding. And a couple of guys are like, oh, shoot, someone's dead there. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? And then this woman, I don't know how she saw it from the angle she was at, but she saw it and she screams. And we get the message. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. ho. <laughs> I don't know baddies. why he wrote it in because it doesn't look it's like blood. It's got to be blood, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, but it looks like he's done it in a lipstick or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a little bit too consistent. Yeah. yeah. John McClane would have a lipstick on him, I think. Okay. <laughs> uh, Hans then tells Carl to uh, who freaks out. And the whole time John's above on this elevator that the, uh, the body's in, just doing some recon and writing with marker on his arm, trying to figure out who's who. Clever. Clever. Yeah. clever and brings it on his arm because you can't lose that hopefully you'd hope not <laughs> you hope not um and <laughs> pretty harmless if carl freaks out <laughs> carl wants blood and uh holly and harry are watching from a distance there are so many h's in this cast holly harry and hans hans yeah just saying <laughs> triple h ho 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 <laughs> uh holly figures out it's john she goes and just in case we miss it she goes john john and harry's like he, he, he's gonna get us killed what's he doing goes, he's gonna get us killed no she goes no he's doing his job like, not really his job here not three thousand miles away no no i don't think so um and so john goes to the roof and transmits and he gets a hold of someone finally and says there are people dead and this woman just goes this is res- this what? is emergency helpline, sir. No shit, lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, I got that down. There. <laughs> so well done, you. Um, and then he goes through, and then out of nowhere, they hear a little bit of bullet fire. Like, oh, and they're like, well, maybe we'll send someone down to have a look around. As soon as you heard bullet fire. Gunfire. You should be yeah. having like cops down there for sure. Crazy. Uh, we meet... Uh, and this is where we meet Al Powell, who's buying a bunch of snack food for his pregnant wife. Twinkie. Played by Reginald Vell Johnson. Reginald Vell Johnson was, would later be on a TV sitcom where he played a cop. Oh, okay. Um, a city cop, uh, who was, uh, it's called Family, Family Matters. Family Matters. And it was, uh, it's basically, if you, you ever heard of Urkel? Yes. The show Urkel came from. Oh, okay. So Urkel was was the annoying next door neighbor to this family. Yep. And so there was a lot of conflict between Carl, played by Reginald Val, Val Johnson, Val Johnson, sorry, and yeah. Steve Urkel, played by Julia White. Yeah. So. Oh, cool. Was the whole, Did I do that? No. <laughs> I hated that show, but I always liked. I hated Urkel. That was my issue. I hated Urkel. Um, Val Johnson appeared as Al Powell in his first major film role at the suggestion of casting director Jackie Birch, with whom he had worked previously. Other considerations, Robert Duvall. Oh, I like Robert Duvall. 
different script though. Yeah, it could, wouldn't be as funny. No, 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 no. Gene Hackman, I think I think he could do the funny. That's small roles though for big actors like that, isn't it? Yeah, they are. Wesley Snipes. Oh yeah, Wesley at that time would have been bit of a breakthrough. He wouldn't be as I always think of him as being so buff and hench. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. he'd be a little smaller than you think. Or her, Lauren, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Hey, Lawrence Fishburne would have been great. There is no spoon. <laughs> You're not going to die, John. The Oracle told me so. I'm glad who we had. Yes, no, he's great. Because he's brilliant in that. Again, it's about building like care and sympathy for these characters. What do you think about this guy, Georgia? I loved him. I think he's great. Oh, it does make me laugh, though, because in the American accents, it makes it sound like his name is Al Powell. But it's, oh, Al Powell? Like, it's Al Powell. 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 Yeah. yeah, like that name. But we don't England, slow it down as much. It's pronounced Powell. Al Powell. You also yeah. need yeah. someone downtrodden. Yeah, you know, oh, he's got, and, he's got a bit and, of a and, a, and a bit of heart. He's a bit heavy. Yeah, you know I mean, he's a bit heavy. He's a bit slow. He's a bit. You, you have to. You have to kind of underestimate him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not his mental capacity, but his ability for physical. He's not tough. No, 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 no. And Wesley Snipes would have been the wrong choice for that. Yeah, that's fair play. Uh, and then we, um, he gets a call to do a drive-by. They say code two. <laughs> now two means no, no, no sirens. Oh. So if there's no sirens. Obviously, it's not important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we go back on the roof, and John is being chased by some of the baddies. He wedges a cooling fan open with a gun and then crawls through. And a lot of this movie is cat and mouse, which it has to be. Yeah. Will John get caught? Did they see John? Did John see them? Yeah. It's all about races against time, isn't it? And John Cena. F- find reasons to bring them together and then find reasons to split them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he launches a grate down to the end of his elevator shaft, and it takes a long time to get down there. And this is the first time I noticed just how bad his undershirt, his vest, was getting. Yeah, uh, we would say tank top in the in the in in, in the in the U.S. You would say vest top, vest, vest top, yeah. maybe here. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- uh, maybe undershirt. Uh, there are seventeen different undershirts in various stages of degradation on hand for Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> John's trying to stretch across the elevator to get to the heating vents, and he slips and falls. He does. Or does he? Yeah. He doesn't fall. Well, not him, but a stuntman does. Yeah, it's not like it's supposed to happen. It was a mistake. It was a mistake, yeah. I pushed the button, but I got all my Christmas stuff skewed up here. <laughs> but no, there's a, mista- there's a mistake. I, I think he, well, you just get someone's Christmas greeting. <laughs> it's yellow. It's in the right spot, but it's not, it's not, the, it's not the right sound file. No, no. Um, so he slipped to continue the fall, but the shot was used. And then just went, we'll just have McLean grab the next vent down as he falls. And that was it. it Job was, done. Yeah, it was clever. Because that, that looked too real to me, even as a kid watching yeah. it. I thought, cool, that must have... How do you do that? I don't know. You know, obviously it went wrong. That's why, yeah, you do that. This is where you get that shot, very, very famous shot of John kind of with a lighter yeah, inside the, the heating the vent. vent. Yeah. Where he's like, come on down to the coast, John. <laughs> we'll get together and have a few laughs. See, Nicholas Cage could do this. <laughs> yeah, he did. And this is where Al pulls up to the um, Nakatomi Plaza. He looks around and goes, there's nothing going on here. And uh, they're like, well, you can just go ahead and go. He said, I'm going to go talk to the guard. And like, okay, well, we'll proceed with caution. But well, which one is it? There's and either he, nothing or you have to proceed with caution. And yeah. he gets up there and he starts talking to the guard. He's got a perfect, like, Texan accent. Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis? Huey <laughs> Lewis. Meanwhile, upstairs, uh, John's trying to smash the window uh, to get the attention of Al. I'm not being funny. You'd have, you'd have never smashed He's that window. He's got a gun. Just shoot it out. This required multiple takes because the glass window was too strong to break from a single blow, as depicted yeah. in the film. In fact, the window was so strong, Willis ended up breaking the chair before he ever breaks the window. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, this Willis and the crew can be seen having a laugh at this if you look at the vintage making of documentary of the film. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, John is ready to shoot some guy 
Uh, and then he's like, no, no, don't do it. And he's got a great American accent. But I'm like, dude, he's got an Uzi. He's yeah. a bad guy. Yep. At which point then we see Captain Fabio, Carl, <laughs> Carl. Uh, behind him. And they both start trying to shoot him and they run around this, the, the sort of, um, it's the boardroom. Yeah, and then the, uh, the 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 so-called American, he's wearing a black shirt, uh, gets on top of the table and he says, "Let me give you a piece of advice. Next time you get a chance to shoot someone, don't hesitate." To which point McLean goes, "All right," because he's in the yeah, he's in, in the, the prime position, and he shoots him like ten times, several times, and yeah. then says, "Thanks for the advice." Bruce Willis suffered permanent hearing loss while shooting this scene. When McLean kills the terrorist who said, "Next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate." Uh, he suffered severe damage to his left ear. It would echo under the table, wouldn't it? The stunt weapon specialist engineered blanks to be extra loud and produce extreme muzzle flashes for dramatic effect. The close quarters under the table and the use of plexiglass to protect the actor from flying shell casings and wood splinters further increased yeah. the sound effect. Jesus. In 2019, Willis said in an interview, due to the accident on the first Die Hard, I suffered two-thirds partial hearing loss in my left ear and have a tendency to say, what? <laughs> what? The actor has worn a hearing aid for years, unbeknownst to most fans. Wow. Yeah, didn't, didn't know, that. know that. No. So all of a sudden that five million paycheck seems a yeah. bit more reasonable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Uh Al goes to leave. He's like, Well there's nothing here. And Who's driving this car? Steve yeah. Wonder? <laughs> yeah. And then there's a body thrown onto his car. Yeah. Yep. And then like so much gunfire at that point. They're like, well, you know, yeah, yeah, now yeah, shoot yeah, him. Yeah. Al calls for backup as he backs the car like completely off of off everything. Of everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it spends the rest of the movie just like jacked up at like I a 60 degree angle. Just, just chills there. Whoever yeah. did that stunt must have bloody hurt because that. That looks like it hurt oh. when you came down like with bounces, it. bounces, doesn't it? Yeah. And from behind, you wouldn't even know for sure where it's going to hit. Oh. To be fair, I should imagine the chair had like super suspension put into it before they did it. I'll tell it, you but... what, though. Wouldn't have been funny, though, if that had missed the car, the body? Because yeah. <laughs> that was a hell of a name from that height, wasn't it? At which point, uh, John McClane looks down at Al and shouts at him, Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> yeah. And then Hans then uh, has got the troops together, his men. He's giving them a pep talk. And then John calls them on the radio. Um, he found C4 on the most recent corpse. I think he's actually talking to Al, but then yeah. Hans interrupts him. And they talk to each other a little bit. And, uh, you know, Hans says, you Americans are all like cowboys. And they sort of go through who be like the theme that be. you were saying about earlier. Yeah, on. the idea about Western lingo. Yeah, yeah. And he says, do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? To which point the response is, yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> In the edited for TV version, John McClane's famous line was changed to, yippee ki Kimasabi. yippee ki Melon Farmer. No, it wasn't. <laughs> That's not what I got here. That's rubbish. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I remember watching this on TV as a kid, and that said, Yippee Kaye Kimasabi. It wouldn't match the, ma- the, 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 the mouth shapes. I swear to God, I heard Kimasabi. All right, we'll take a look at this. <laughs> Anybody out there who's watched this movie on TV, please tell me if they heard Kimasabi. <laughs> uh, McLean's catchphrase was inspired by old cowboy lingo, including cowboy actor Roy Rogers' own Yippee Kaye kids, to emphasize his all-American character. There was a debate about whether they should use Yippie Kaye motherfucker or Yippie Taye motherfucker, and Willis said the former. Yeah, Yippie Kaye. And we found out that John somehow has the detonator. But the detonator to what? The C4 is all gone. Why is it important? Mm, The detonators. Give me my detonators. Yep. And then Alan John have a conversation, exchange some info. Uh, He says, call me Roy. Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, yep. 
And then John's told to back off, and in comes the deputy chief of police. Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was the teacher in the breakfast club? He was. Uh, Gleason. Yeah, Paul Gleason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh this is why he's so grumpy. He's doing this in the evening. He's going and doing detention in the morning. Uh, he's working weekends. Jesus. Yeah. Holly comes in and sees um, Hans and kind of establishes herself as the leader of the of the hostages by saying, look, we got a pregnant woman. She needs a sofa. And they negotiate very calmly. To give credit to Hans, though, he didn't say no. No, he's reasonable. He is reasonable. Yeah, yeah. And unless you want a lot of mess, start taking us to the, to the, the toilet in, in, in groups. That makes sense, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Argyle, just, he's been chilling in the back of a limo this whole Listening time. To music. I think uh, he's drinking a whiskey at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. Oh, it's all right, girl. Using I, I, the fridge. My, my boss thinks I'm going to Vegas. I'm not going to Vegas. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and so uh, Holly also, in her bit, though, uh, with, with Hans, I didn't mention this, she reestablishes her name isn't Mrs., it's Miss Gennaro. Miss Gennaro. Janeiro, which uh, of course is important that we don't know this. Um, so Argyle then turns on his CB, and nothing really too much comes of this except for he does one move at the end of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just keeping tabs. Isn't he? Uh, the chief, the deputy chief, announces he's coming in. Um, as in, like he said, in the SWAT team in, <laughs> and then Al tips John McClane off and be like, "You better pray." He said he's not really sending people in. He said he's got to tell him without telling him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so the SWAT team goes in and the terrorists, because it lights up all over the place, it lights out, which is just what uh, Al, said. Al said. And then he, he goes, hey, what's, what are they shooting at? And he's Al just shooting at the lights. And you wait like four seconds and you get, oh, we're shooting at the lights. <laughs> yeah. George, I think you want to say something. Uh, yeah, so I've got the, apparently the censored version um, the, for TV was Yippie Kaye, uh, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> Um, but Yippie Kaye or Melon Farmer was used in the second one um, when Samuel L. Jackson uses Motherfucker. They use Melon Farmer That's then. That's the third one. Oh, third one, sorry. Okay. Yeah. They use Melon Farmer then. I've got nothing on... Kimosabi? Kimosabi. It wouldn't make sense with the, with, 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 with the, 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 the shape the mouth makes. Oh, my God. I swear. Yippie Kaye, we will, Kimosabi. We, we will. We will I'm, I'm still can... looking. Okay. <laughs> I swear. By the I'd moon put money. and the stars put money and the on it. sky. It, it pops up. Hang on. Let's have a... Let's have a look. Let's have a look. If you type in Yippie Kaye Kimo Sabe, does anything come up? Uh, it comes up as like a, as a suggested yeah. when you put in the KI, but then when you actually link to it, hang on, uh, 16 amazing TV edits. Let's have a look. Do, 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 do. I'll let you keep looking if yeah. I can keep going. Um, and so then the SWAT team, oh, so of course, so, so Algos are going for lights, in which case they shoot the lights out. And then the, the Dwayne's like, they're going after the lights. <laughs> Um, and so the Owl SWAT team, eyes. yeah, yeah, rolls eyes. the SWAT team gets their legs taken out and they go, oh, it's okay, we're going to the RV in. I looked this up while we were watching it. I don't know why it's called an RV. Oh, I don't know what it's called If someone an out RV. there knows why it's called an RV, let me know. If it was an armored vehicle, surely that would be AV. AV, or does he say armored? 
The, uh, he, she uh, says RV. Um, yeah. So I couldn't figure out why, but RV, you know, an RV, RV, the R and RV, is supposed to be recreational. Yeah. Which this, uh, uh, that's definitely not. What kind of recreation? I mean, that's pretty hardcore. I mean, you guys, you guys, <laughs> that's you guys party hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, off the grid. But that gets that gets torched. The um, quarterback is toast. The mercenaries <laughs> wound the SWAT team. Go for the RV. John tries to beg Hans off, but Hans says, "I'll take it under advisement," and then lights it up. Again, Hans turned around and he says. Don't kill them; just injure them, wound them, yeah. wound them. Yeah, but that was except for the the armed vehicle, which he yeah, does. Yeah, which he yeah yeah. Georgia. It looks like the uh, TV version that ITV in the UK play says "Yippee Kaye Kimosabe." Woo! Okay, so yes, the a singular ITV version. Yes, see, so that's that must, probably the version that you. That's that the version yeah. I saw. Cool. I swear I heard that. <laughs> I've only got like. Two references to it, though, so it's oh, it's, it's obscure. <laughs> oh, see, I saw an obscure version. Here we are. You're an obscure kind of guy. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, John then returns by dropping a computer monitor with all the C4, and he thinks is there, and takes out the lobby. Cool. Glass really everywhere. And at which point, Dwayne starts yelling at him, and like John lights him up and yeah. basically forces him to give the remote control <laughs> back to Al. The radio. Yeah, yeah. He makes him look small, doesn't he? Gruber's identity is revealed on television. We get a little bit of history about him. He was kicked out of his own sort of fundamentalist terrorist group, group a while yeah, back. Yeah. Um, Dwayne, again, continues to try and give John a hard time. Um, and then back upstairs, Harry decides he's going to go ahead and speak to Hans. If I can go ahead and speak to Hans, that will be the answer. And uh, he walks in and says, hey, I've watched 60 Minutes. I know what you people are like. 60 Minutes is like a... Is that a news thing? It's like a news magazine. Uh, like I'm trying to give an example here. It's, it's, a, it's a television program. Yeah. But it's not like the news. It's like long-form video essays on a topic. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he goes... So he's like, this thing, I know what you want. I'm like, hey. Here, he's this total yuppie, right? Here's a guy who who wants something. And how can I get him what you want? He goes, Hans booby hans booby i can give him to you and he goes you get, so slimy um the line hans booby was ad-libbed so alan rickman's quizzical reaction to the line is 100 percent genuine that's great um and so hans now has id john and says there's someone here who wants to talk to you i think we all think it's going to be holly yeah yeah but we find out that harry's got some goodness about him i guess doesn't he call uh, himself ellis uh, yeah his name's ellis yeah yeah it's harry ellis oh yeah. okay and so harry says that john was as always oh, always he goes what did you tell him i just said we're old-time friends john at which point like, you're, you're, you're dead he's gonna try and kill you now to get me problem yeah. is harry's trying to come this hero isn't he he's trying to be yeah. be the it guy because he makes deals every morning for breakfast yeah, but the yeah. idea is someone might shoot me in the heads never really come across him uh john susses out it means harry will die and uh, Harry does die. <laughs> and then Hans calls out a list of demands to free terrorists around the globe. <laughs> this is just designed to waste time. At one point, he looks at the rest and goes, I read it in time. This <laughs> <laughs> is a great line. It is it's great. It's brilliant. It's like the, a prime example of the like joyful side of it that yeah. he wanted to try and keep And his delivery, his comic timing is fantastic. Brilliant. Um, we go back to the news station. This stuff felt a bit patty. Well, it needed to be, didn't it? Because yeah. he was on Moonlighting. Uh, we talked about the Helsinki syndrome. There's this like loser, um, like news anchor. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's, I don't really understand him. Does it really go anywhere with him? I don't think they really like him, do they? Yeah, again, it might be Patton and yeah, Flesh I don't know what happens. And, yeah, because nothing, he just sort of stays there. But yeah. he goes, oh, yeah, Helsinki, that's in Sweden, right? <laughs> and they're like, no, it's in Finland. <laughs> um, and then we get Johnson and Johnson from the FBI show oh, up. Oh, again, slime balls. And they meet Robinson and tell him he's not in charge anymore. And for first, we're like, yeah. And then we're like, oh, no. No, I was never, I was never, I'd never, oh. Uh, Gruber then meets McLean. He's on the roof checking for something. Now, why? I don't know why it had to be him, but he, he's up there. Because he sent Carl um, off. He sent Carl off to do something. He says, so-and-so is going to the roof. He said, don't worry. They can do that. I'll, I'll go and check. Are, are, are we down by this many numbers now, but he has to be the one to do it? But he said he'll go and check. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he goes up there, and uh, he meets McLean. And he does it just after he jumps and lands. And then he really has a hard time kind of holding his footing the rest of that scene. Mm. He's like crouched and all that stuff. But he does it on purpose. Kind of. Just hang on here. Oh. Silver wanted the scene between McLean and Gruber before the film's denouement, but the Zuzza couldn't think of a uh, plausible scenario until he happened to hear Rickman affecting an American accent. He realized this would allow Gruber to disguise himself when he met McLean, and the earlier scene of Takagi's murder was reworked to conceal Gruber's identity. Due to the addition of the Gruber McLean meeting scene, a different one in which McLean kills Theo was excised. Uh, so Theo oh, was supposed okay. to die by McLean. Oh, okay. On Alan Rickman's first day of shooting, he filmed the scene where Hans Gruber first runs into John McLean. He made a jump off a ledge about three feet high, during which he injured himself when he landed and damaged cartilage in his knee. He was told by his doctor not to put any weight on that leg, and he had to use crutches for a week. So there's the bit where he's crouching and can't really do much. And then the rest of it, he's shooting, but you never really see like a full body shot of him. And so he's standing on one leg, the other leg's lifted and braced for the rest of that scene. Yeah, because when he's crouched, you you can see he's he has that thought of right. He's got me here. Oh yeah. I, I, I think he's a pro that he's doing, he's acting. Well. I think it's just like when Leo slams his hand and gets the glass in his hand yeah. and keeps acting. I think that's all this is. Yeah. Because that's clever. Yeah. Well, it's very clever because you get caught. The first thing to do is, you know, affect the accent. And make out, make out you're the um, insignificant one. You're the, yeah. the, the, the feeble one. Yeah. You know, and don't know what you're doing. So good. Um, this scene was unrehearsed. <laughs> Wow. To create a greater feeling of spontaneity between the two actors. And he goes, do you smoke? And he hands him a smoke. And Willis kind of holds the cigarette like like, like, like this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Great <laughs> between, 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 between two fingers. Yeah. Kind of holds his mouth. Um, Rickman holds it kind of like between his thumb and two fingers off to the side. Yeah. Because that's the way a European would smoke a cigarette. Oh, and it was okay. supposed to be a tell, a tell by yeah. which uh, Willis would then identify what was going on. Um, he literally, I mean, it, it, the, the, it's gilding the lily because they literally have us think that Willis is 100% buying into it. Yeah. Asks him his name. He goes ahead and says, I'm William Clay. You look over there. It makes sense. There's a William Clay who works there. But again, my thought is always he's just reading the board. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. You don't, yeah. Uh, and then he, he literally gives him a handgun. And you're like, oh, he's not doing this. And then turns his back on him. Yeah. And in the foreground. Foreground? Background. For, background's further away. Foreground's closer to us. Yeah, yeah, in the background, you see him sort of rise and come up yeah. and rise. And, and just changes his whole body. Whole body it becomes much more stiff. It becomes much yeah, more yeah. rigid. Yeah. 
And so um, then he turns on McLean. McLean, surprise, surprise, is taking out the bullets. Uh, but then his assistants are literally next up, saved by the bell on the elevator. Yeah. One guy, though, gets his shins taken out oh, and that's eats horrible. a window. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that, was rough. that was rough. <laughs> that might be my worst kill of the, <laughs> of, of the film. It really might be. Yeah. Uh, Hans tells his men to shoot the glass, which apparently only works when he says it in English. Yeah. <laughs> this is in German. They go, huh? Well, you did say any because, some of them could. <laughs> because, because Hans... <laughs> because, that, that was an ad lib. Because, because Hans' scene with the feet are exposed of yeah. John. So he goes for it. Uh, John has to go walking through the glass in his bare feet. He's wearing special rubber shoes designed to look like bare feet. You can see it if you pay attention that his feet look larger. Oh, okay. I'll like he's on his way with Mr. Frodo to the Shire. And what we're on our way to now is let's go ahead and check out another. Is there something at the, at the door? Uh, Carol Singers. Oh, Carol Singers. Merry Christmas from our family to the BFE team from... Oliver! She's a pop star! He's a pop star. And Kirsty. Thanks for keeping us entertained. And Daddy. And Daddy. Bye-bye. That's so sweet. That was very sweet. She's a pop star! She's a pop star. Very And and Oliver, yeah, it's nice to get some fun. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, You know, I'm I'm, I'm away from home. Yeah. COVID sucks. All that sort of stuff. With, With Omicron and all that stuff. I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be trying to fly. I mean, I got a, I got a colleague over there now, and I'm like, I said to him, I said, you might just make sure you get your laptop because you might not be coming back right away. I heard on the uh, on the radio today coming here that um, this is the second worst um, numbers of people getting yeah. uh, since it all started. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, the, it's, it's, it's right It's just because there. the inoculations Jesus. were not having the same extreme symptoms. Yeah. Uh, some people are. People are still dying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know we don't know what's going to happen from this government. We don't know what's going to happen with Canada's government no. decisions. So it was just a safer thing to, to so stick around. We were supposed around. to be going to London today, weren't we? We were supposed yeah. to be in London today, yeah. and, yeah. and we and uh, the, they cancelled it. The, the the play we were going to see, and then we had a conversation as a group and went. I think we all just want to be I, not in as, London as much right fun now. as London is. I'd rather have my Christmas yeah. than I would have a day in London right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's kind of where that went. I mean, I'm supposed to be going to Denmark in February and I'm not holding out that much hope oh, at bless the moment. You, yeah. um, and so uh, Hans returns to the party um, and figures out John is still alive. And uh, sorry, Holly figures out John's still alive from from, from 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 looking at them. And Hans is mad, and Carl's really mad. Carl's really and mad. And she goes, "John's still alive." And someone goes, "How do you know? Only John could make someone that crazy." <laughs> like, it's a bit. It's a bit light, isn't it? That's funny though. Do you make me laugh? <coughs> um, she knows she's been on the receiving end. <laughs> and then we find Al's backstory in a really nice scene. John's picking glass out of his uh, his feet in the sink. Yeah, it's a bit Ugh. gross. But he talks. Like he's talking to him to like distract him from pulling it yeah. out. Isn't and he, he goes, yeah. well, "What's your story? How come you're you're a, you're a desk jockey? How come you're doing paperwork rather than out there doing the real work?" And we found out that he shot a kid. Yeah. Said he had a toy gun. Looked 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 real. And you can see why this is this makes sense because later on, um, I don't know when that changed, but we had plastic black toy guns. I'm not sure the whole orange cap thing. I don't know when that came into effect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but that's an, a, to distinguish. Yeah, from what's real and what's not, isn't I, it? I wouldn't know enough to speak on America to see if it, how much it's changed or if it has. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know either. 
Yeah. I mean, tragically, there's still that sort of thing happens. I had yeah. I had a water pistol that looked like a Colt revolver as yeah. a kid. Yeah. No orange cap on it. Nope. I said that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I so, same. Oh, did you really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. And my mom was always a bit afraid of that. And I'm like, I'm gonna go. I know just between a toy gun and a and a, and a real gun. Mm. Just because I play with a, it, it, it's pretend. You know, you see me pretending to cook dinner. If I ever once offered to cook dinner, <laughs> no, I'm having it. Such is. Um, and then uh, Hans reveals his miracle because the FBI cut the power, and it turns out that's what's needed to break the seventh lock. You want you want miracles? I give you the FBI. <laughs> I kind of wish there could be some sort of a scene in an alternate universe where we could have Hans, uh, Alan Rickman's Hans Gruber, meet um, uh, Jeremy Irons as Simon Gruber. Yeah, and we could have had them like act opposite each other because oh, they're great, both so good, so good. Especially if they could come in as their American personas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if they were both really great. So yeah. Um, and so the vault opens and Ode for Joy plays. And somehow there's wind going through Hans Gruber's hair. <laughs> this happens. The sealed hey, tunnel had air in it. It's like, it's like, like this glory shop. It's like, I'm not, it's not going to be well ventilated. What's this about? Oh, that's funny. Uh, and they go, Merry Christmas. And then we cut to the FBI and the Fed's like, eh, I bet you they're pissing their pants now. We're going to let them sweat. And we just cross cut to them just like taking all the money and like paintings. Yeah, paintings. And suits of armor. And, yeah, yeah but those, armor those certificates, though, were like treasury bonds, I yeah, believe. Bonds, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, John leaves with a final message for Al. It's almost like a eulogy. Mm. He's like, Tell my wife something for me. He says, I'm a jerk. She's the best <laughs> thing that ever happened to a bum like me. She's heard me say I love you a thousand times, but she never heard me say I'm sorry. You start turning to um, Surfer Keanu then. Did I? <laughs> oh, she heard me say I love you a thousand times. It's, they've genuinely been married this long and he's never said I'm sorry. Like, there's. I've been oh. in relationships where I very rarely heard a person say I'm sorry. I, I have Not also, healthy people. A lot Not of healthy. things we would call gaslighting and things like that now, but yeah. it was things where it was like, no, I never said. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. And it was always just like, well, you did this too, and it was never a matter of I got that wrong. I'm sorry. It, it, it's it's just toxic. Yeah, it's a red flag. People, someone who can't apologize. The problem is if you don't fight with someone early in the relationship, you won't know. You won't know this. That's the thing. Ah, so you need a good fight. You do. I think. I think you well, do. You need to see them fight with someone else. You need to see conflict. Yeah. 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 I make some atrocious mistakes. I really do. <laughs> but I think something that I can do is I can go, I got that one wrong. I am sorry. Yeah. yeah. I have learned to do it and I'm still learning. <laughs> um, so he, but as this is happening, he goes, why was Hans on the roof? And I was okay with the, the outward monologue who's been doing it all movie. Yeah, yeah. So there must be a reason. And then we cut to the Gennaro house and some media guy threatens to call immigration if childcare doesn't let him in. What I didn't like is she's foreign, she's in childcare, she must be illegal. Yeah. Like every, every, every visible minority in a movie has to be illegal. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. He's in something else playing the same guy though, isn't he? Is he? Well, not the same guy, but same type character. Yeah. Of that. And he's, oh, what is that? Oh. Uh, we go back to the roof. I feel like I've written this a thousand times. I don't know Ghostbusters well enough. So you, if you think so, okay. Yeah. Uh, John flies the C4 all over the roof and tries to radio Al, but he's stopped by Super Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> also Fabio Carl. Carl. 
uh, and they fight like men. He men, goes, that, men, this is men, professional, men, but manly, this men, is personal. Men. So they just, yeah, if I was like him, like six foot four, I'd probably want to fight hand to hand as well. Why don't you just shoot him? I think it's the idea that he wanted to enjoy he wants it. To, yeah, he, oh, wants, okay. like, he wants to he, break he him with his beard. He wants to yeah. kill him rather than have a gun kill him yep. type oh, okay. thing. Uh, John's Steak. child is interviewed on camera. Come home. <laughs> and Hans figures out that Holly is John's wife. Uh, the choppers arrive and they plan. They go, what do you think we'll lose? We'll get all the baggers. We'll lose 25% of the hostages. I can live with that. Oh. Again, you, you straight. Yeah. Don't yeah. Worry. And we have to actually, we have to be, we have to see this have to be okay to with what's going to happen to them. Yeah, of course. Um, and then Carl uh, arrives for a second part of the hand-to-hand fight scene. Like it's like a wrestler. He's got backlighting and smoke. <laughs> it's great though, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I love me some backlighting. Yeah, me too. Uh, Holly's disgusted with Hans just being a common thief, and he says, "I'm not a common thief. I'm an exceptional thief." Yeah, I like it. I'm and then a line it. about how really she best personally. be nicer to yeah. him because he's about to be a kidnapper as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, John takes out Super Fabio, we think, for good, by being hanged from the neck by a chain. Don't think too hard about how he gets out of that later. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's him, isn't that it? Is, it's yeah. just like a horror movie trope. One it last is. one last scare. One last scare, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John finds the hostages and tells them all to get down. He then fires at the chopper. He doesn't cho- fire at the chopper. He fires in the direction what, of it. What he, no, he doesn't. If you watch it... He just fires up to get the he attention fires of people. up to them to get them to move because they won't move. Oh, okay. So he's yeah, just firing... Like they fire at him and John doesn't... He's like, we're on the same side. I'm like, just just get just out of there, buddy. They can't hear you. John grabs a water hose and repels down the building. Well, he kind of jumps. He jumps, kind of repels yeah. as it explodes. I don't think it takes a moment to go, am I really going to do this? And then you see the chopper rise up from behind the, he's the, like, the, the building. And it's a great visual. It is, it is. Yeah. Now, could you imagine Arnie doing that or Stallone doing no. that? Uh, I can imagine Tom Cruise, but he would just jump with no fear. <laughs> uh, and then he shoots, kicks his way into the tower uh, and almost gets pulled back out by the wheel that the, uh, the fire hose was attached yeah. to as it falls. And he goes, <laughs> the chopper's blown up. And he goes, we're going to need some more FBI guys, I guess. There's a weird slow-mo shot of the helicopter falling down because it's somewhere between real-time and slow-mo because it doesn't look slow enough to be a slow-motion because thing. The, imagine because it's, it's a model. It's a model, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah no, so whereas sure. now you'd CGI it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's like it a proper looked, model. It just looked weird because I was like, I'm sure just helicopters like, don't fall that Just like that the slowly. shot of the, when he drops the computer monitor and the fire comes yeah, up, yeah, that's yeah. Like, a, like a small model of like several different cameras doing it. I didn't, yeah, know, yeah. I didn't notice yeah. that one, to be fair. But. Um... So uh, we go back to Argyle. It's been a while. The film's ending had not been finalized at the time filming had begun. One result is there's a truck, and out of the truck comes this ambulance. The ambulance would not really be able to fit inside a truck. No, no, no. so small. So they've got like this little like like other thing coming out, it's like models or something like that. <laughs> I think it's great. So, but the problem is they they've, they've already started shooting. We've seen the truck drive in. So what's the plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it so, drives absolutely. like the truck drives in. Uh, the ambulance comes out of it it looks like some sort of clown car thing because as soon as it's out yeah. of it it's too big <laughs> it's too big then yeah um and so uh, another scene was that the building's computer room was built before anyone knew what it'd be used for but the, the big one's this and then argyle rams the ambulance because he's overhearing everything now that's been yeah, going yeah. on he's and then he walks the up to theo and he punches him out in one punch i'm like yeah get you boy and i love the fact he shakes, he shakes his, his hand hands going, proud, really yeah. proud of himself isn't he i don't think he does that i think he does it because he hurt himself oh yeah he does it yeah. he hurt like, himself, but his face oh, is like yeah, really yeah. proud yeah. yeah he's like get in there uh and then we get uh john 
emerges with glorious backlighting and sparks. And he called Hans. I thought they cut Hans. all the electricity. Why is there so many sparks? Well, they still the boxes still have the ability for backup. current. I guess yeah. oh, it was a backup generator. Yeah, emergency yeah. light. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Hans comes into the frame, and then he pulls Holly from out of the frame into the frame. Clever. Jan de Bont, nice shot. It was nice shot. Good. Yeah. Um, John surrenders, but then grabs a gun taped to his back because he looked at some packing tape earlier. Like, what is he doing? Because he's only got two bullets. Yeah, and we have a shot of him looking down. That's something in every uh, Die Hard movie, at least the first three. Yeah. He looks down at what he's got for bullets, and usually it's two, I think. Yeah. But he grabs behind him, and he really does milk because Hans is like, Yippee, what is that you say? And it sounds more German than anything he says in the whole movie. But yeah. Yippee, Kaye. And they're like, Why are you laughing? Yeah. And then he grabs the gun and just outdraws him and shoots him and then shoots the other guy. There's never bad. I'm not the head. The other guy, yeah. That's um 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 Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis. Yep. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we all know it's not Huey Lewis. Everybody. <laughs> I guess that was it. That's Huey Lewis, isn't it? We're stuck on. Is this it? That was Huey Lewis, wasn't it? Was that? Is this it? We'll play. We'll play it off. I don't know. Because that's all I know. It's like there's like two lines of it. I'm surprised didn't go with the Back to the Future. I couldn't. You can't shoot him and say it's the power of love, but if you shoot him and say, is this it? That kind of suggests death, doesn't it? Oh, I see what you mean. I see I'm, what you mean. I'm making a Huey Lewis pun. You were. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a while for oh, the penny to goodness. drop. Oh, I need a new drug. <laughs> I'm so happy to be stuck with you. Is that, is that a hit? Wow, wow, woo, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Uh, I, lo- I love Huey Lewis for the record. So yeah, it's so, he's so melodic. He is. Uh, he's like a poor man's Billy Joel. He is. Yeah. He so is. <laughs> um, and then um, Hans is falling out of the window, and he grabs onto Holly, and Holly's <laughs> almost getting pulled out as well, and John goes over, and the thing that he's got a hold of is this Rolex watch. So it's they good. release it, it's very good. and then we get this shot of Hans falling backwards to what, his death. What I love about this is the fact that Hans is there to steal money. Yep. It's all about money. Yep. And um, Harry at the beginning says about money, 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 money. It's the Rolex. Yep. That and the Rolex down. and the Rolex and the Rolex. And then the Rolex is what saves her. Well, get, by getting rid of it. By getting rid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So that's what money will get you, Hans. Here's your money. Yeah. Boom. Now, do you know the story behind his face? Uh, kind of. Um, they said they were going to drop him from a certain height and give him a countdown, but yes. they didn't actually count down. They, they told Gruber, we're going to, not Gruber, they told Rickman, we're going to drop you on three. Yeah. And they said the special effects guys drop him on two. <laughs> <laughs> so this face of panic is 100 legitimate <laughs> yeah because he's still he's not falling the full distance shown but he's falling no. at 21 feet he's falling a big big Ooh, that's, feet yeah that's onto a crash pad yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah 21 feet probably probably you know the top of a two-story house i mean yeah. land yeah. that wrong and you're still hurting yourself oh i mean i, I think, think he's laying on one of those nice like i think he's on one of those bladders uh, okay. oh. I assume it's still land like on your head, and that's gonna hurt. I assumed he was yeah. on wires, but there we I, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. but either way, I'm supposed to be on three. Wow. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, before that happened, uh, he, when he, we first get there, uh, John says hi, honey. That was an improv. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they go outside. Um, he meet, he meets Al, and they just sort of know. They look at each other and go. Got a fireman's jacket. It's what you do when you get out of a soft situation. He's been shirtless. Someone's keeping him warm. He's been shirtless forever. That's all it is. It's just uh, one bit over him to keep him warm. What, what if it starts to snow? It's Christmas. 
<laughs> I'd like to see an fireman come over to him and say, "Yeah, have a drink." I'll tell you what; it's Christmas. We should play another one of our we uh, should of our things here. Ding so dong. let's go ahead. Hang on, and what's see- that noise? It's carol singers. Hey there, BFE crew. Hermes here from the Scuttlebutt Podcast. Just wanting to wish you all happy holidays, whatever and however you celebrate this time of the year. All the boys over on this side of the pond. Hope it's full of friends, family, laughs, love, food, drinks, podcasts, of course, and all of that in between. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks, Hermes. Thank you, Hermes. Lovely pipes, don't you have? He does, doesn't he? I was listening to his podcast today. He was uh, talking about how he's a self-professed Grinch. (laughs) <laughs> but then took me to task on the elf thing and he said he had to think your thing i don't talk about any oscars i'm like whoa i love the muppet christmas carol i'm not always hoity-toity about my movies hoity-toity. i Just love most of the time <laughs> i i love i love a good christmas film my issues is that will ferrell i find to be an un uh i don't like i him. find him to be to be to be a barrier to my enjoying something yeah yeah same yeah same. That's what that's about. He get, he get my heckles up before I even start watching yeah, the movie. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. There's some things I like him in. That's not one of them. Mm. There's a few things. Stranger Than Fiction. It's fant- he's fantastic in Stranger Than Fiction. I've not seen that. My favorite bit about the film Elf is him answering the phone going, Bloody Elf, Ready? what's your favorite color? <laughs> Here's two names you'll never thought you'd hear side by side. Go on. Will Ferrell, Emma Thompson. <laughs> Bloody hell. It's a great movie. Because <laughs> he plays against hype. He plays against what you expect. Does he play straight? Yeah, like very straight. Well, okay, then, yeah, then I'll yeah. probably like it. I he shows like he can actually up, act. Over the topness. Like John C. Riley, who works with Will Ferrell a lot, kind of said it once in an Oscar thing. You do this, you do one funny movie and you do a serious movie. You do the goofy one with your friends and you do some serious stuff to show you can act. That's the secret. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, John meets out. He's hugging Holly. Deputy Chief wants a word and tries to give him all this crap uh, for single-handedly saving the day. Yeah. Um, we have the return out of nowhere of Carl. How do you get down from being choked by this heavy steel chain dangling 10 feet in the air? Smashed into a wall. Don't think about it. And why does he come out with some sheet over him? And why do you go, waving this gun? Why is no other copper reacting to this? I don't know, but uh, Al because is. Because it gives Al his redemption. And moment. we have this bang, bang, because... And it's good because at this moment, John's protecting Holly. He's got her on the ground and he's shielding her. And we hear this bang, 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 bang. And then we have a close-up of the muzzle of the gun. And then we focus pull from the gun to Al, who's done the one shooting it. And he's sort of half like in business mode and half like stunned at what he's done. Mm. And he saves the day. He has redeemed himself. And then we get some newsman goes up to Holly. She punches him. Because she watched the news footage of when... Of how clearly her children were exploited. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good punch. And uh, and we get from the... the Did you get that? (laughs) And then we have Argyle, who pulls up in the damage limo. Although it looked pretty good at this point. It does. And we have the thing, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, is playing. And that's how we end the movie. And Die Hard always has that one last shot, where it's always this really well done. Pulls out, things are moving around. Car moves away. Really appreciate that. So, such is on that. So, uh it's let's oh i better do hit the button or else i'll get in all sorts of trouble for this <laughs> we're in the end game now and we are in the end game now liam we need a random word buddy random words so uh, people who are out there are gonna have two random oh no they won't because although for us they've come out one day apart they'll actually be like 
three days apart by the time they release. Yeah. You got one for this? Uh, RV. RV? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you might go with Kimosabe. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, RV. Yeah. RV it is. RV. Have fun, folks. Um, let's talk about the money. $28 million budget. What do we think it came up with? Wow, that's not bad for 28 million. Well, five was spent on five Bruce. Was, five was Bruce, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't think about that. 220. 220? Uh, 320. Oh, you guys are a little bit high as far as kind of... Yeah. 139, though. Oh, okay. okay, not bad. You probably would have only spent about one time the budget on advertising back then because uh, okay. it was only four major networks and there was just less places you to get coverage on you know what i mean yeah, yeah a yeah. lot of print ads a lot of radio spots okay so yeah 139 that was a big massive hit yeah 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 uh no real awards to speak of uh who's <laughs> no shit <laughs> whose story is it what's well, john's story john's it? yeah yeah uh, I don't think it's Gruber's story in the sense that, yeah, he causes the acts to take place, but outside of this one night, do we know anything about him? No. What is the story? Uh, relationship breaks down day. and relationship gets repaired. Okay. What did you he, say? He saves the day. That, is that the story? Well, yeah, because he realizes he saves the day and he saves his marriage, doesn't he, in the same time? I might say do the right thing even if you don't want to. Yeah. 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 Um... Georgia, role of women in this film? Um, Holly's pretty kick-ass. Yeah, I'm actually really quite okay yeah. with Holly in this. <laughs> She's the one who steps up. She's the one who goes She's much and... better in one than two. Two, they kind of put her in a box. You think everyone who comes in contact with um, Hans, whenever they have a direct conversation, normally ends up dead? Yeah. She doesn't. She walks in and out a couple of times, yep. She also, does. she stays calm throughout the whole situation. There, like She very easily could have been like, oh my God, my husband. No, there is this weird situation when she finally is going to be the um, the hostage. That her her blouse has come undone, and there's like a little peekaboo shot of her yeah, bra. That's yeah. And it's like, why are we sexualizing her now that she's a victim? That part's weird. That is weird. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, was it supposed to be like, oh, we need John to come save her before Hans takes it, before Hans does something but to her? But even when she's took his hostage, she still gives him back. Oh, yeah. You know, she doesn't stop, does she? Quite cool with Holly in this, yeah. actually. Yeah, she's pretty good. Favorite character? Now, is, is this one too easy? Should we come up with a second one on this one? Yeah, because, yeah. There's only really one person you see enough of, isn't it? Okay, there? so favorite besides John McClane. I saw Hans Gruber. Yeah, that's a problem. Isn't it? <laughs> this yeah. is the issue with this. Okay, third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Al. We're probably all going to go either Al, the. It's really hard because it's, a, it's, it's or... a star. Yeah, it's a star making performance for both leads. Yeah. So then who's your best of the, of the ones who remain? Oh, uh, I actually like Bonnie. Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. Yeah, Holly. I really like Al. And I like. Oh, what was his name? Uh, Argyle? Argyle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? I really can't think of anything. I'm going to go honorable mention for Hans. Bubby. Hans Booby. <laughs> Hart Brochner. Booby. Yeah, he was all right for what he was. Oh, slime ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best moment, best element? Um, that shot of him lighting up that lighter in the vent, it's just so iconic. Okay. It's very, very cool. The bit that's always made me laugh was, uh, this is emergency helpline, sir. Yeah. No shit, lady. Do it smell like a modern <laughs> pizza? Always uh, made me laugh. I would go with. I think it's the jump off the roof. Yeah, action sequence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. As far as that piece is going, it's probably my favorite one. As far as that, I mean, outside of that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll if, tell you what, if, if it's not that, then my favorite scene is Al explaining why he's not. He can't. Yeah, be on that the tender moment. I also a bit where he's picking the glass out of his feet. 
That's the same scene, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So a little bit of that, which is good because actually the movie that was going as fast as this was at times, a chance to slow down and have a little bit of yeah, character yeah, development. Yeah. Breathing think. time. Yeah. Mm. So uh, Grumbles? It's a bit long, but it's not. There wasn't loads you could cut. You'd maybe cut a death of one or two of the guys, but. He was in that elevator shaft quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's nothing massive. I mean, and the button being undone when she becomes a victim in the safe is a bit like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. And he should have been dead. <laughs> Half the stuff he went through, oh, he should God, have yeah. been dead. Oh, God, forgiving all of that, then. You know? <laughs> wait, wait. We're talking about John McClane? John McClane, yeah. Oh, you got an issue of one. I got news for you later <laughs> in the series. Oh, do you know what I mean? It's just like, ugh. She was shot in number three when they're climbing down the wire. Oh, the wire, the wire the breaks boat. and they land yeah. on the boat. Like, they should be dead. They should. Um, and even four's even worse when he drives up that thing out of the tunnel and oh, hits the helicopter. I, I give up on Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> that should be um, Die Hard cannot die just yet. <laughs> Dying is hard. Trust die, us. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you ever grumble? Um, just silly little things, really, you know, like, um, well, things that just can't physically happen in real life, you know, that's just movie magic, really, isn't it? You know, um, little stupid things, but other than that, no, really, it's just, it just, it reminds me of The Rock. There's nothing really wrong with The Rock. No. It's a fun movie, it's a blockbuster movie, it's an action movie, it's a feel-good movie, it has everything in it. Um, but it's not going to be like best film ever. No, no. <laughs> you know, my issue with this is just the trappings of an eighties action film. Yeah, some of the dialogues. We had we had the topless woman who was topless just because. Just because, yeah. Just There's no storyline reason for it. Like it wasn't like they were like completely naked and because they were like fully getting it on. It was just we want to have a topless woman running out of the yeah, scene. Yeah. So yeah, we we had they were, they crashed into Holly's office, but still it was just like because we need like a topless woman in a couple seconds. Hating for a, a certain person. Yeah. Yep. You know, taking all the boxes. E- even the bit where like he's, at one point John's running around and there's just like there's like porn. Yeah. It's like this like nudie it. magazine and he goes by like twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, a little bit of that and then it's, it's Oh and it's, Carl as well, you know, when he's been hanging there, you know you you you're dead. Yeah. There's no way you These should... sort of tick yeah, tick boxes of what we're supposed to expect from a movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially the movie that was kinda of going against that with, with with Bruce Willis. Yeah. Is your casting, yeah. So uh, uh anybody's best role ever? I, I mean is John McClane Bruce Willis's best role ever? It probably is. Six Sense. Okay. Unbreakable, actually. He's quite good in that. Best performance, maybe, yeah. Um, um, I really like him in this. I, 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 I like him as John McClane. Yeah. I, can't, um, I can't argue. Is this the best Alan Rickman performance? Mm. Imagine if, if he did it on his first go. Did he think... I think he did a thing called Truly Madly Deeply. He's really good in that. I've only ever seen it once. I'm pretty sure he's in that. Okay. That's I really a, like him in Love Actually, That's though. a British film. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rickman's done I, a lot I, of good I stuff. Love him in, I love him in the Harry Potter things. Yep. You know. Lots of options there. Um, if we continue on here. It's Bonnie Bedelia's best part. Well, what else has she done? <laughs> we will never do a Bonnie Bedelia film again unless we, we do Lethal Weapon 2. That's going to be it. Hart Brochner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see us starting watching Supergirl anytime soon. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just me then. Uh, let's hit this button here. 
Georgia, what we got? Uh, we have got Bruce Willis. 42. You're way high, 34. 33, nice yeah. one. Oh, okay. uh, Bonnie Bedelia. <sighs> Older, 37. Oh, 34 again. 40. Wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, she looked really good. She does look Even good. though she looks like the most, like the 1980s threw up on her. Yeah, I know, right? that <laughs> hair, that big hair is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. Oh, hoo, hoo, this is difficult. Um, 30s. I'll go 35. 34. It's my 36. Ooh. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, you will be really close. Uh, let's have a look. Alan Rickman. 43. We mentioned this. So, oh, jeez. I got 41. 42. Split the oh, difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you want any more? Is that enough? Uh, I think. Argyle. I want Argyle. Argyle. Okay, let me find Argyle. Da, 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 Unknown. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say 23. His performance is timeless. Uh, young for sure. Yeah. Yeah, if I were to go one, I would have gone 22. Yeah. Rather than go 24, I would go 22 and Just try and catch Liam, lower. Hark Brockner. Um, you can play too, but. 32. 30. 32. Well done. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, I like a feel for this, actually. <laughs> um, so there we go as far as that goes. Uh, Georgia, you're pulling double duty today because we're asking you about critics. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've got Kevin Thomas from Los Angeles Times says, as a grand flourish of cinematic technique, it is awesome. As a human drama, it is disgusting and silly, a mindless depiction of carnage on an epic scale. Uh, we've got Jonathan Rosenbaum from the Chicago Reader says, a serviceable, if rather overextended and overblown adventure thriller. Uh, and then we have our good friend Roger Ebert. Ebs. He says, on a technical level, there's a lot to be said for Die Hard. When we get to some of, it's when we get to that some of the, un- sorry, it's when we get to some of the unnecessary adornments of the script that the movie shoots itself in the foot. Willis remains in constant radio contact with the police officers on the ground, who tries to keep his morale up. But then the filmmakers introduce a gratuitous and unnecessary additional character, the deputy police of Ch- uh, police of chief who doubts that the guy on the other end of the radio is really a New York cop at all. Without the deputy chief and all that he represents, Die Hard would have been a more than passable thriller. With him, it's a mess and it's a shame because the film does contain superior special effects, impressive stunt work and good performances, especially by Rickman as the terrorist. Here's a suggestion for thrill makers. You can't go wrong if all of the characters in your movie are at least as intelligent as most of the characters in your audience. Cool. Oh, that's another one of my grumbles. The radios. So... Them tender moments and them interacting, everybody's listening to everything. Sure. And, you know, so when they're exchanging, like, war stories, yeah. you know... Everybody just, hears it, yeah. It's just um, ammunition for later, isn't it? I suppose so. You know? But they make out that's just them talking to themselves. There are bits where they kind of between. play a bit fast and loose with that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what's that I hear at the door? It's Carol Singers. Oh, thank you, Kira. Hello, it's Danny from It's a Musical Podcast here. And on behalf of Drew and I, I just want to wish everyone from the Best Film Ever podcast, but also all the listeners, a wonderful Christmas holiday. I have had an amazing 2021 being part of your quizzes. I've loved every second. So thank you to Ian, Georgia, Liam, Ethan, all of you for the amazing content that you have put out this year and here's to an even better 2022. 
Thanks, Danny. Danny, yeah. <laughs> no, it's nice. Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> I was going to come out and be like, not very sincere, but I said, no, of course it is. Of course yeah, it is. It was. Man, he's, a, he's, he's, he's been in part of like four quizzes and only lost one. Wow. He knows his stuff. He does. He definitely does. All right. So I, I can't believe it's been this long. We haven't addressed the elephant in the room or the elf who's not on the shelf. <laughs> is that uh, Ethan, Bubby, is, is, is not with us this evening. No. No. Uh, he had booster, the booster jab. So booster, uh, booster juice, number three, the, uh, the third shot to try and, you know, stop Omicron from ruining all of our Christmases. Not that I think Om- this booster. Omicron with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah. Omicron with a vengeance. Nice. Um, and so as a result, he wasn't here, but he did send his Christmas opus. If you would, twas the podcast before Christmas. <laughs> If, if he had thought of that, that would have been really clever. Why don't you tell us what uh, Ethan had to say? So Ethan says he avoided this film for so long because of the Christmas discourse and he, because he didn't think the hype would be real. He says he totally gets it now. Despite being dropkicked by the booster, he had investment and powered through the, his brain being stodgy to finish the film because he really, really enjoyed it. Uh, the Dunout is a great... Especially- he makes it sound like he has overcome some great tribulation to achieve oh, yeah. this heroic feat. He laid in bed and watched a film. <laughs> I managed to stay Poor conscious <laughs> I mean, to be fair, whilst Liam. I laid in my <laughs> fair, fair enough. But uh, yes, you, you were saying. He says, the dynamics are great, especially between John and the dad from Family Matters and Gruber is a fun villain, even if Rickman's German accent is utterly awful. I do appreciate that someone else got that the guy was from Family Matters and knew what that was. I haven't got a clue what that is. He's great. But he's basically playing the same character, just a little bit more cuddly. Right, okay. Because <laughs> it does get slow for about 25 minutes um, for a while. Probably but, about 25 minutes, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was obviously off his face when he wrote writing this, to be fair. It's quite difficult to read. Uh, but by the time the police show up, I don't even think about that issue and go with the movie. All right. Um, so he, he got over that pretty quickly. Okay, so, you know, it's kind of a middling response, it sounds like. We'll, yeah, we'll find out so. in a bit how he went. Uh, I'm sure he's got his, his, does he have his endgame stuff there for in a he minute? He has, yeah. Okay, but before we get to that, what's that I hear? It's carol singers. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Shut up, Batman. Okay, let's see what we got here. This is for Ethan. This is for Georgia. This is for Ian. Bunch of crap. Anyway, I got your stuff now, but none of this matters. What matters is that every one of you have a very happy day. So here's hoping that all of you get a big loot of blessings and great things now and all year long. Merry Christmas from Carlo, lo, 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 lo. fantastic that was great i love that the good news is we know we know ethan will go back and listen to this it's what he does mm-hmm. so he will definitely hear what was How said there. The lightsaber i do also appreciate besides the oasis uh, <laughs> i appreciate the fact that he used uh he there's some branding there that we get some loot th- yeah. this christmas so um Merry Christmas to you, Carlo. Merry I hope Christmas, Carlo. I hope uh, in your more southern climes it's beginning to look a loot 
like Christmas. Oh, that was awful. Never that was do great. That again. No, I'm branding for him. Check out the movie loot. Check out Carlo's stuff. He's very, very good. I had the chance to be on an episode with him earlier this year. I think maybe Ethan did too. Um, and then I would also say that Carlo's been on one of our quizzes. So, yeah. Carlo, OG of the BFE fledgling fandom. So Absolutely. thank you very much. Let's bring it back to our absent friend, Ethan. What's yeah. he got there? So he's got his favorite character, uh, the dad from Family Matters. Uh, yeah, Reginald Vell Johnson. Um, yeah, he's great in this. Yeah, I did like him. Yeah. He says his favorite moment is uh, the dad from Family Matters speech to the guy in charge. And then he's put in brackets, can you tell I like Family Matters? Yeah, did I do that? Yeah, did I do that? that's that's Steve Urkel. I'm not sure. And then his little grumble is uh, just the slowness when the takeover begins until the police arrive. It was just a way to pick off some henchmen, but I think I might just be tired. Maybe. I mean, it's it, it's it's too. And it is. Is it the longest I heard movie I read? I think I did read it was the longest I heard. I think movie. you said it was. Yeah. So there's some length there, and. Yeah, we, you, see, you don't have the benefit of the previous movies where, where John McClane's character has been established. Yeah. So, so do that and have a story. Yeah. So um, you know what you have to have? You have to have 40 stories of adventure. They only use 30 stories, though. In a sense. Well, no, because 30 was the cutoff. So they had 10 stories they were doing yeah, stuff on. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. It was a Christmas story, if you will. Oh, <laughs> so, but with, with, with that, I think I hear the Christmas. Is, is there one? Is, 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 is there another person at the door? I think so. It's Carol Singers. Hello, best film ever friends. This is Reverend Bruce from the United States. I'm from New England, but I don't sound like it because my parents were from Western Canada. So I talk just like Ian. At this time of year, I'm concerned about some of you because to quote one of our favorite movies, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> But you can change that, Second worst as you would movie, say, by having a happy Christmas. And as Dick Van Dyke would say, a bloody good New Year. Oh, one more thing. I can't say this in church this Christmas, but I've always wanted to say this to a worldwide audience at Christmas. yippee ki mother... <laughs> outstanding that was great I, I don't listen to these ahead of time i just cue them up before in the end to make sure the wave files are gonna so i have no idea what's coming <laughs> none whatsoever so reverend bruce you know what wasn't sounding he's not wrong he wasn't sounding like i was expecting did you hear a no. difference he's he did, i mean i know what you sound like i hear a sl- it's a very slight difference there's some slight americana in there yeah but, he but sounds not Canadian. It's yeah, I mean, like, there's a Canadian accent and a, and a homogenous American accent are pretty similar because of TV. Yeah, but I think there is a twang to it, and he oh, had, there is. He had the twang. There is, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it didn't feel, yeah. It was, it was close. It was really close. So, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Reverend Bruce, for being so far away yet feeling so close. I tell you what, Reverend Bruce didn't Bruce didn't see my tweet about having a jower and two plastic dinosaurs in an activity set. So I'm just worried that I've upset him. He didn't like it. <laughs> uh. I'm sure you have not upset. This is a, this is a busy time for him it as is, a reverend. Yeah. You have so much stuff going on. I just hope that the fact that he's worried about his he's worried about his nativity stuff. <laughs> That's true. He's got services to plan. And do they have Chris Dingles anywhere else? No, in here? Is no. That just Chris Dingles thing? is a British thing. Ah, okay, is that Church um, of England thing? I think so. But we did a, a, a Chris. Uh, I don't know what it's Reverend Bruce. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, something we that we seem to have a lot of in Canada, at least the part of Canada I'm from, is a Christmas Eve candlelight service. So you turn all the lights down yeah you just have but you know, you know because our buildings aren't these big old beautiful mm-hmm. sort of church of england sort of buildings and so as a result we have fairly modern looking buildings so how do you sort of 
dress that up for Christmas right, besides yeah, as a Christmas yeah. tree in the corner. Well, you know, the easiest way to do is dim the lights and uh, turn candles on and all, and proper live candles. Yeah, yeah. Was it proper live candles? Some of them were, at some point in my life, I had a proper live candle. I imagine they switched them to electric ones at some some juncture yeah. although we're not nearly as weird about about open candles as you are over here to be fair they're not weird about open candles in churches like that's, not? that's that's fair game in a church you know but like candles. but like in a play it's like oh my god yeah, don't, yeah. No, it's in, so in weird churches, it's absolutely fine oh, okay there I we mean, go I've, it's all until, stone yeah <laughs> i guess until, the pews the only the pews would be pretty quick firewood though i have yeah. a feeling yeah up until a few years ago in the um village that we live in there was a uh, they used to do a carol service every christmas eve and it was really really lovely it was like a half six it only lasted about an hour but it was like the the father that we had would like do like all sorts of different, he'd tell stories and he'd do different bits and pieces and it was genuinely lovely. But once he retired, uh, they like joined a load of the parishes together so they don't do not do it anymore. But that used to be the highlight of Christmas Eve was going to see Father James's carol service. Yeah, Christmas Eve for us, even in, in, in my 20s, was let's go to church and we'll do the uh, Christmas Eve service. And it was uh, it was nice. It was a quieter one. I, I love we have an, I love an old. I'm surprised no one asked this sort of stuff. I love an old Christmas Carol. Yeah, me too. I love like like I don't mean like, like I mean like proper old school written in like the late 16th century kind come of. Come all you faithful. Oh, come all you faithful Good angels one. we have heard on high. Hark yeah. the herald angels sing. Yeah. You know, first Noel. Yeah, yeah, things that you actually find in what we would call hymnals back yeah. home books with all the hymns the back portion would be christmas ones and the older yeah, kind of the better booklets with them all in with all the words in yeah. and stuff yeah yeah so a uh, big fan of the classic old, old and then you've got uh, have a way in a manger obviously yeah i might see if i can find my way to a christmas eve service this year there's gotta I, be, there's gotta be one somewhere it, yeah there's gotta be one i'll but... i'll i'll look it up i do we love the carol see. service thank you reverend bruce for i thought you messaged really much to do but you inspired no, just... a conversation <laughs> on it but the chris dingle do you want to explain what that is really quickly because you did bring it up Oh yeah, so Chris Dingle is a service that basically is it's it's kind of like honouring I don't know, it's like it honours like Jesus before he's born, basically. And you get this orange and it has a candle in it and then it has a red ribbon tied around it and the ribbon represents his blood and there's usually some sweets or some like raisins or something on sticks on it and the different sticks represent different things and the candle is his light and those sorts of things. All I ever got because we did I did it once. I don't know if it was at school. Where was I? I got one of We these. used to do it at school. Oh, was it school? Yeah. Um, and we'd walk down to the church with them because they're in the same. What are kids? Okay, so maybe yeah. maybe there's some something in, in one of my classes at some point had this, and so it was an orange with the ribbon and the candle in it. That's all I have with those three elements. And I did look it up and went like, "What is this?" <laughs> my head department was like, "You don't, you don't, you don't." He, th- he thought I was doing the thing where the I lie about thing. things yeah, that we yeah. don't have, but we really don't have this. It must be a Church of England thing. It must obviously, be. we have uh, Henry VIII is hate went was like, "I need to get divorced some more. I'm going to start." Yeah, the, 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 the Pope's not going to not, not yeah, really yeah. down with it. So yeah, there we go. So there we go. A little uh, a little Christmas, um, not trivia, but a little Christmas tradition conversation here. Yeah. Uh, here on the BFE. So that would then take us uh, just finishing up down the mountain here. Um, I don't have any other critics. We didn't put it up there because we wouldn't because it was Christmas. Yeah, and yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about ratings, shall we? Ratings. George, Liam. Okay. <laughs> I always go Liam first. I don't want to shift. I think George is in this chair over here. Liam, what are you giving Die Hard? I really, really love this film, and I've watched it many, 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 many times. Um, I can't really think of many grumbles for this film. It's also not the best film ever. Um, you can't really give it a high rating. I mean, the cinematography is amazing in this film. Yeah. Um, Alan Rickman, debut performance in a film, yeah. brilliant. 
Um, can't say the same for Hart Brochner, but there we are. <laughs> um, Bonnie Bedelia, I just love because we share the same birthday. And Bruce absolutely knocks it out of the park in this film. Um, considering they took a chance on him, but they paid for it. They want his comedic value yep. and his all-man, every-man sort of persona. Uh, so I'm going to give this a strong eight and a half yippee motherfuckers. <laughs> Not Kimisabis. I want to say Kimisabis. Yeah. And now what did Ethan give the film? Georgia, do you have that? I do, yeah. So he says with all of that, other that's so his little grumble and all his little end game stuff, he says... And the fact that it proved me wrong with how much I thought I'd react to this film, he's giving it seven and a half Argyle raves out of ten. Argyle raves, very, very funny. Yeah, he says he's now going to stop typing, typing because the room is spinning, but Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Hope none of you are getting cold. Mm. I'm trying to think if there's a reason why Ethan is giving me cold. Well, he keeps sending me, keeps sending me uh, podcasts without write-ups. So maybe he's getting <laughs> cold he's for getting that. Cold, yeah. There we go. Um, let's go ahead, Georgia. What did you give this? Uh, yeah, I really like it. I'm not, I'm not against action films in any sort of state of like watching them, but sometimes they do get a little bit over the top, and I think this one plays it just on the line quite well. Um, there are little bits like we've said that are a bit silly and a bit too silly or a bit too unrealistic, but it's an action film, so that's what's that's that's what happens. Um, so yeah, there's been the story's not bad, uh, the acting's not bad, the effects are very good. Um, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. All right. Uh, it's an action film. It's going to hit its head at some point, isn't it? Yeah. And a lot of this yeah. film is literally just watching one guy chase another guy around as he spends time in elevator shafts and things like that. Uh, the good parts of this film are really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. It's a fun ride, isn't the it? The two leads are fantastic. Oh. The problem is you got to keep them apart. Yeah. That's what you have to do with these films. Yeah, we got one scene with them, and it was great. But you got to keep them apart. That's the whole point of it. And... Uh, and there were some nice little bits propped up. I really appreciate some of the side characters, but we also... I didn't like the deputy chief of police. No. I didn't like... Didn't like the FBI guys. The FBI guys. I'm like, we already have one idiot character. Didn't like the news reporter. Didn't like the news reporter. Yeah, so just a lot of things that kind of got in the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. As a result, I'm going to give this eight first rides in a limo out of ten. <laughs> ah, nice. It's a good film. It is a good film. Good film. Eight first rides? <laughs> uh, here is my question for you guys though which one's better one or three 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 i think three is more fun three three does something new yeah. three yeah. this this is by the numbers it's really good by the numbers this but when you think of sequels that come out right i mean die hard 2 is not a bad movie but it's n- not anywhere near the first for me yeah but when the third one came out, what does what Samuel L. add to that? Oh, he had something. To if you got to shoot me, you go ahead and shoot me. Oh. But I'm going to answer this phone. Oh, it's great, brilliant, and all the and mind puzzles and all that stuff. Direction, yeah, it's a it was different. Nice. It was so good. Yeah. So, uh, but but overall, you know, really quite good scores. I mean, this would score quite quite highly in the grand scheme not of bad things. For so, an action so, so, movie. Not bad for a little action movie. Mm-hmm. Not bad for a Christmas Eve movie. Yeah. Die Hard. And it reminds me, we have one last Caroler to listen Ooh. to even on christmas eve that's dedication that check this dedication. out oh that was a mistake it's carol singers hey everyone it's resident postie russell hey. here i just wanted to wish the bfe team and everyone listening to this a very very happy christmas and a wonderful new year i hope each and every one of you enjoy every single minute whatever you're doing Let's face it, the way things are going at the moment, it might be the last chance we get to enjoy ourselves. But anyway, 
Have fun, everyone. Look after each other and stay safe. Cheers. Resident Post, Resident Posty <laughs> Russell, with tidings of cheer and a little bit of depression. <laughs> that's, that's was, how we take our Christmases. Yeah. It was nice. It was very English Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is how English people do Christmas. I love that he was the last one because the post is always late. Oh, <laughs> oh. sorry, Russ. Look at him delivering mail on Christmas, Christmas Eve, and you're giving him a hard time. <laughs> so that leaves us now to talk about what we're doing next week. Yeah, and the answer is we don't know. We don't. We don't. The answer is one of you out there know. Yeah, and we're going to sort of talk about that. George, you want to do this announcement? Uh, yeah, I can do. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, January first, we launch our Patreon, which is very exciting we it haven't is. got a time frame for that yet other than it will be january 1st um but once we know what time we'll be doing that we will be doing a little announcement and we'll let you know because the first person to become a patron of the bfe that we should say we're launching it live, live. Yes, we will be launching 4 p.m british time 11 a.m eastern time 8 a.m 8 sorry it was 4 p.m british time 11 a.m eastern time 8 a.m. Pacific time. Okay, I'd completely forgotten that we'd set times. We've set we did, times. Because for what, how this is going to be but phrased, gonna be, you have to know when this goes live. No, know, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say we'd announce it on Twitter. Well, here we go. I've just announced it there, so now. <laughs> we will also announce it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, 4 p.m. here. Uh, work out to your own time, other than what Ian just said. Uh, we will be launching Patreon then. The first person to become a patron of the BFE. Any level. Any at level, any level yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter which level. And um, the first one that pings through on my phone, because it'll be where I've got my Patreon app open, uh, will get to choose uh, the first film of 2022. Woo! Yeah, How so we will let you have that. We have nothing lined up for week one. I don't nope. feel like like finding it. Nope. So it will be a bog standard. You get in first, pick the movie. And it has to be within the criteria. We'll, 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 we'll be in contact with the criteria, yada, yeah. yada, yada. yada, yeah, yada. Yeah, yeah. But no, that, that that's what the plan is for yeah. a week one back. So if you're first in, I mean, if you're one of the people who... <laughs> Please don't make me do Halloween on January 2nd or something like that. <laughs> no. But you know what I mean? Like, there, there's options available to you. And now you know, you've just planted that in the head. Why would you do that? I have no idea. <laughs> you could also choose Pulp Fiction <laughs> <laughs> or Paddington. <laughs> no, we've already done Paddington. I'm not saying that. So we really don't know what it is. And it's going to be a couple of weeks, but people, January 1st. 4 p.m. here in the UK, yeah. in North America, 11 a.m. on the East Coast, 8 a.m. on the West Coast, and wherever you are, the rest of the world, do your times accordingly. First one in the pool, you get to pick the movie. You do. No wheel, no what you are it. It's just a you're, simple you're race. In. Yep. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. That was George's idea, and I was like, that's a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. Can you tell I'm running the Patreon? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm not, not bringing, enough, it, bringing it enough in my perspective here. But <laughs> wherever you are, and I think we had a little bit of it from, from, from um, Russell there, uh, we don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen on the other side of Christmas. We don't. We might be. We don't even know if by the time this drops, something would have happened. We so. don't know if you're breaking out the USB mic again. Yeah. We don't know any of this stuff. We know we've been here, and we know we can deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know the BFE can deal with it because we've we, we've done it before, and we'll do it again if we have to. Uh, but everybody out there, have a wonderful Christmas. Oh, wonderful, if nothing's wonderful. been taken away from you, go have a wonderful Christmas because it might be the last for a bit. Not Christmas, but the last time <laughs> yeah, you yeah, see yeah. people for a bit. Yeah. Um, and stay healthy, stay safe, 
tell your loved ones you love them, all that stuff that you do. Because if I have my big love action, because at Christmas you tell people the truth and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, so hey, get tested, get vaccinated, just do all of the good. Wear a mask, just do all the good stuff. Yeah, Let's so get if out not of for time. you, for anyone else that might die because you don't. So I, I should say we are releasing two episodes next week of something, but it's not full reviews we're double dipping this week so that next week we're definitely doing uh our real round table on top movie musicals Mm -hmm. because dear god we recorded it twice we may as well get it out there (laughs) (laughs) we did and then we'll have some file corrupts and then we'll have and then we'll have something i don't know what it'll be we'll have something because um yeah, we'll, we'll do something for the Friday, and then that'll be that. But we've also all the Doctor Who stuff, all that other stuff that we do. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, that will be hitting still. So thank you so much for your continued listenership and contribution to let us have a little bit of fun. It's mm. always great. We wish you and yours, wherever you are, the merriest of Christmas, a happy new year, and we will catch you back here on January the, I want to say, 4th. We'll record on the second, so it'll be the fourth. That's that right. That sounds right. Yeah. That is right. So, uh, please join us on January 4th when we do whatever the first one of you in the Patreon pool does. <laughs> Looking forward to it. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. And I've been Georgia. And we'll keep this Christmas appropriate. Merry Christmas and a yippee kaye, melon farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. Ho, ho, ho. ho. ho.